The old man is dying. <laughs> All right. Now we are officially on the internet. Okay, on the internet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, live and direct in your speakers, on your you on your internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Stakes is high. The Black Nerd Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I remain Troy Hunter, tall black guy on all these internets with your man's, your people's. Jeff I am doing the thing. <laughs> but I'm here doing the thing. Doing the thing, but my co-host, the man y'all want, the man who you need to hear, ladies and gentlemen, holler at your people, man. I am Terry Gant, aka Doc Midnight, aka Dread October, and I, I have, we have been in, in COVID quarantine for so long. I cannot remember if we had COVID the last time we did this podcast. We did. Like we did. I. I mean, I remember we were doing it from home, and somehow I thought that was just easier for us. I, <laughs> I couldn't remember if COVID was the situation. We even named that shit the COVID-19 edition. <laughs> it was the COVID-19 edition. Right. What we did not have, we did not also have, like, defund the police, like, like, like marching in the streets, lifting up the bridges like Gotham City. Like... I, <laughs> We didn't have that at the time. In fact, when we did it, we thought that uh, COVID was a novelty. So it was just like, ah, cute, right? We're going to do a COVID edition, not knowing it was going to be life. Right? <laughs> and life is what it started to be. We're going to just put some Tussin on it. You know? Right. Now, now Tussin's not an option. Tussin's not an option. And for a lot of folks, a lot of states, putting a mask on it, an option, but that's some bullshit. We've been through all this. Well, then we're going through double lung transplants and looking at having young people. Oh, double God, bless it. Yo, look at shit. I thought it was a potato. Like I was, huh? Why is there a potato on my screen? Oh no, compare that with the normal lung. Oh shit. Oh. Ooh. I had a I had uh um so I've had a couple customers come and tell me they had it and got through it. We've got friends, we have mutual friends who have had their parents, like a mom or dad or something or two, you know, pass away from it. So we, everybody, we all know somebody who's lost somebody. It seems like we're at that point, right? But one of the things that I was kind of living a little bit of fear of was having a customer who would die from it. And I thought for sure that I'd, I'd figured out a customer was going to die and who that customer would be. But it turns out that maybe that customer did have it, but they survived. And the only reason I think this or thought that they would have it and possibly not survive it was right before the shutdown happened, this dude came to my shop and was looking rough, right? And I hadn't put that together with the whole COVID situation. I was just like, ooh, my man ain't never looked like that coming through here before. Wow. And we had a short conversation, and, and, and it wasn't even about comics. It was something else. And they didn't even buy their comments. And it was like, hey, man, all right, I'm a bounce. And I was like, whoa, okay. And then they left. And about a week later, everything got shut down. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure dude was sick. And I don't know if dude's going to make it. Right. Like, like there was just, just, I just can't forget how bad they looked. But then they actually came in just the other day and they looked fine. And I was like, oh, shit. I like I was never so happy to be wrong right. about like a prognosis ever, right? right? So like that dude made it, and he was like his older dude. So like I was just like man, ticking all the boxes. You know what I mean? Like ooh, <laughs> not good, but dude made it. So I'm thrilled about that. You know, 
This did is, you talk to him about pretty. it at all? Like, was it? What did he definitely have it, or was it just kind of like he came through, and I didn't want to bring it up. Right. I, he looked so bad. I did not. I went, hey, yo. So did you almost die? Right. <laughs> That's a tough conversation, right? <laughs> how did you? Re- how did you beat this? I would need no. him to bring it up. If he brings it up, I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna go 110 percent in on it. If he brings it up, if he don't bring it up, I'm never gonna mention it. You know, because <laughs> otherwise, I'm gonna be some asshole who's like. Yo, man, so that one time you came in here, dude, was it just low blood sugar? Or yeah. What was it? You, like, I don't about, know. The, about them 70 pounds, right? Like, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude, look, he looks slimmer and shit. I was like, yeah, I know. My, my man was looking kind of Ving Rhames-ish and shit, like, like for a minute. You know, now he, he kind of, he got that, like, like, like Roy Wood going on. Like, I, what's happening here? I don't. <laughs> Wait, is Ving still with us? Ving's still with us. He's doing the, those uh, Arby's commercials. Yeah. Oh, okay. The voice right. of your Arby's, we got the yeah, meats. Got the meats. That's yeah. your boy Ving. Yeah. Dude, yeah. And Roy was definitely still talking that good shit, so. Ah, oh, man. So, what we got on slate today? What, what, what's on the table? Well, well, we got some DC news. We got some crazy DC news. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking DC Comics. Okay. So, DC Comics went out and, like, it's like Santa gets your letter, but gives you every gift you ask for, but like something's off about each gift, right? Like, yeah, okay, you, you asked for an Xbox. He brought you a box with an X on it, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Santa Santa got your letter. You might not want what's in the bag, you know? Right, right. And, and, and DC Comics, so the first we knew about a thing was the order of events effectively is COVID's breaking out, the, everything's shutting down, and Diamond is like, Yo, we're gonna do everybody a solid and just not ship any comics for the foreseeable future until we at least get some relief on the situation and we know that we can store man warehouses and all this kind of shit, you know? And apparently DC took this opportunity to be like, yo, so hey, since Diamond ain't shipping comics, we're gonna break away from Diamond and go with our own distributors. We got a whole new distributor company already set up and ready to go. And since you won't be getting comics in in, in, in April at all. We're going to fill your comics orders in April for DC Comics. You won't have anybody else's comics, but you'll at least have DC's, right? Now, this is some and, inside baseball, right? So so I'm, I'm going to play like the dude that don't know everything. Right. Diamond is not a beloved company, though, right? Di- everyone has, if you're a comic book retailer, everybody has an issue with Diamond, but there are a lot of things Diamond does well, right? Like, Diamond's not perfect, Right. And no company's perfect. And if, if what I would bet for most people dealing with any kind of distributorship or vendor relationship, you're probably at like 85% happy with your vendor or distributor, whoever the hell they are. If no one's 100% happy, right? The, the reputation of Diamond will make you think retailers are like 35% happy, right? Because everybody just doesn't know what's actually going on behind the scenes just to run a business in general like mine, right? You're running a comic shop or a comic book retailer service at all. The whole thing with like, the idea is Diamond has a monopoly, blah blah blah. It's a de facto monopoly because there are no other major comic book retail of comic book wholesalers in the country. There are other places to get your graphic novels from, and there's and there's a whole small press market that you could have right at your right at your fingertips if the top five companies or top four companies didn't have exclusives with Diamond. So right. if I wanted to run a company that didn't carry floppies, let's say I didn't carry floppies from Marvel and no floppies from DC. All I really got to do is just sign up with a couple different distributors and I can get all kinds of indie books and I can get uh, DC and Marvel graphic novels. I can get trades. 
I can do anything that any other bookstore could do. I can get manga all, all day long. I can get European comics. I just don't have Marvel and DC floppies on a monthly basis. So because of that, people consider Diamond to have a monopoly because they have DC and Marvel floppies. What this effectively means is about 60% of the market for new monthly comics is Diamond. But if we consider how many people are coming into the market or the market changing and people just ain't buying floppies like they used to, then what the fuck is everybody complaining about? Right. If you were opening up a comic shop tomorrow, I would tell you flat out to only carry about 20 to 25 titles from Marvel and DC and keep it there if it's going to be floppies. And then do the rest and of graphic novels. Go hard on graphic novels and indie comics. Absolutely. That's what I would tell you to do. Right. Like because everyone thinks in terms of Spider-Man and Batman and, and Marvel and DC being the big companies, we're upset that, that when it's when it's terms coming from Diamond, you're stuck with Diamond's terms. Right. There is, to me, there's sometimes like the benefit of having one place to go to get whatever I need. There's the danger that is if Diamond runs out of a Shazam graphic novel, I now have to find an alternate source for a Shazam graphic novel, right? Or, or right. wait until, if, let's say it's an indie thing and, and Diamond had 3,000 of them and I needed five of them and I got my five, but I sold through four of them and shit, I'd like to have three more. Now, Diamond won't refill that order. They won't give me my three more until customers around the entire country order that graphic novel in a certain numbers so that they can make one big bulk order for that graphic novel. Right. I don't get my three because no one else has ordered any. Right. Diamond ain't going to order any until they get like 300 orders for that book in, let's say, hypothetically. Right. Now I can get my three because enough shops around the country have decided to ask for that thing. So this now, is a problem in the industry. Right. So now that they're using just one distributor or now that they're, you know, leaving away from Diamond, like what does that mean for you effectively besides just ordering from another company for your DC books? So funny you should ask that. If if DC had decided, yo, we don't want this to be a long-term thing and we can see this being a problem and just waited, like spent the next six months setting up a distributorship and then saying to us, they like June or July, hey, you guys, in case the pandemic doesn't get better or in case there's another pandemic next year or five years from now, we decided we're going to form a new company where there's an option for us to have our comics out there that aren't diamond. We'll give you different discount terms, different shipping terms, different credit terms, whatever. And we'll come up with different tools for you to order them, different tools for you to receive them, different tools for your subscribers, right? Different ways of even setting up events with our own, with our creators, right? Had they done that, I think a lot of people would have been like, oh, that's intriguing. Okay. You know what? I'm down. I can float with what I got right now, but you're offering me more in terms of functionality for when I do. I don't mind having some. Most shops already have like seven, eight different vendors they're dealing with, right? So what the hell? Why not DC? Let's go with that. But they didn't do that. What they did was the the week after Diamond was like, we're shutting it down. DC was like, well, we got you. New books. Here we go. Order them shit. You will have books in April. And by the way that happens. Just thinking about, man, all right, so how do I place an order? With who? Like, that's part of it, right? Like, it's not your order, not ordering from DC per se. You're ordering from one of two different distributors that they run, right? That they've, they've kind of created. And it, here's the trouble with that from me as a retailer, my perspective. Both of the sources they have for doing this are other comic shops, right? Right. They just happen to have wanted, distribution systems. No, better than that. They basically created new companies to do the wholesaling, 
those companies order their books from Diamond, right? They were ordering their books from Diamond all this time, right? Now they're going to get the DCs from DC, but their other books still come from Diamond, and they've created a new kind of a, a, a new corporation, each of them, right, to kind of be like your DC source, you know, but they're still technically, depending on how big a shop you are, you're competing with them. Right. They're your competitor. If I'm, I don't, I'm only Third Coast Comics, right? I have like one shop. But if I were a shop in, in a state on the Northeast that had four or five stores in a chain, Midtown Comics is absolutely a competitor of mine, right? Because I'm not just selling to my, my local on the street guys. I'm also selling online. But I got four or five shops, I'm sure, right? That's Midtown Comics. That's exactly what they do. So now Midtown Comics is getting this shit from DC at a better price than you're getting and you're having to pay a competitor for your own books? Really? Oh, I call bullshit. Right? right. I, no, I can't believe that. Like, like, really, that's what we're doing? And, and it didn't have to be that way, you know? That's shady as hell. Now, it turned out that after DC made this grand call, they had to kind of backpedal a little bit. Like, hey, so, yeah, we was going to completely separate from Diamond, and it turns out we're, we, we're not going to completely separate from Diamond. Diamond's still going to be our customer. So if you want to keep using Diamond, keep using Diamond. That won't change. But you have this option, which is us. That lasted until last week. Right. Oh, when I thought suddenly it was all done. No, 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 no. And people were coming to me with like, it's all done. And I was like, nah, it's not all done because Diamond pretty much sent out a letter immediately that was like, hey, yo, you're still our customer. I know you think you're not, but you are. We're just negotiating a contract right now. Right. We're just we're going back and forth on some shit. Yeah. And I know you're mad that we 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 weren't shipping books for a month and a half, but we weren't shipping books for a month and a half because COVID hit us so hard. We had to shut down whole warehouses. Right. My comics normally come on a Tuesday. <laughs> Some I've been getting comics on, on Mondays. Like I had to check my, my shipping, my UPS sh- shipping Sunday night, Monday morning to know if I'm getting a, a COD shipment to my shop on a Monday when I would normally be closed and nobody would be there. Then I had to rush to the store because my comics might instead of be coming out of like instead of coming out of Missouri, they might be coming out of somewhere in Maryland. They might be coming out of like like somewhere in Pennsylvania. They might be coming out of some other state because my my regular warehouse is closed, right? Right. So now I gotta like adjust my hours, and I'm adjusting them with like six hours notice, right? I'm not even like I'm not. Even, it's not even like the week before I know well, I gotta go to shop on Monday. If I look right now, I'm gonna have no deliveries whatsoever coming tomorrow morning. But tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm gonna have to look. It's like I gotta rush my ass to the shop to be there because UPS is gonna show up at my door. That's how bad it's been. It's been weird. It's been just wild, right? So DC is like, yeah, don't worry about it, right? And then the next thing you know, they're like, yep, we're done. No more diamond. We're we're on our own. You have two weeks to sign up with us if you want comics in, in July. So a lot of this stuff is happening behind the scenes, but for the comic book, like for like just me, like right, I'm coming into a comic book shop. Yep. Like, what's the difference? Like, is previews changing? Like, what, what's the deal? The first clue that I had that something was off was that when previews came out, uh, and previews is the catalog that we all basically are ordering from as customers and even as retailers, right? I use it to order do my orders. Previews came out, the new previews came out, and there was Marvel, who normally has an external segment, and DC normally has an external segment to go with it. Marvel's external segment was now internal, and DC was gone altogether, Right. And retailers were like messaging DC on like a, on a message board, like, "Hey, so we we noticed there's no there's no DC insert happening here for for the previews. Like, what's the deal with that?" 
And the dude who runs DC's website was like, oh, yeah, yeah. If your customers want to know what DC is putting out, you send them to our website, and then we'll just direct them to a PDF of everything. We're just doing the whole preview thing. It's all going to be – it's all online. It's all PDF now. And the retailer's like, okay, bet. Let me just check that out. Oh, pump the brakes. It turns out when we send our customers to your website, there's language right across the top that says that they can order directly from you at, like, a greater discount than from us. Mm. Oh, well, then fuck you. Right. I'm sorry, DC. That's not going to happen. Right? Man, I downloaded the whole damn PDF. I was like, shit, I'm going to use somebody. I'll print up a copy and just leave it here at the shop if I got to. But I ain't about to send nobody to your website. Are you crazy? Like, nah. And whatever solution you come up with next, I'm not sending you. I'm not giving you a single customer email address. Like, no. Because that's, that's that kind of shady. You're not even, like, working against me as, like, a, 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 a business partner you are so setting up your own thing, but you need us to get customers. Right. So you know, we, got, we, got a, we got a couple questions and I'm going to do them out of order because I think one is a little more pertinent to what we're talking about, right? Uh, right. You think this has anything to do with HBO Max? In in regards to like how DC wants to do their, right, like the, putting the, the IP on, on TVs and screens and shit? Right. Just because like, you know, we know that AT&T sort of comes in and those jabs of yeah. thumb in everyone's eye. Yeah. Right. So I think uh, I think if, if AT&T, I think from the AT&T perspective, the shutdown was the worst thing that could have happened because they just acquired the comics end. Right. And there's no return on their investment if suddenly there's no DC comics or if those IPs ain't in front of people's eyes. DC having writers and inkers and pencilers and editors and letters doing comic books that aren't ending up in someone's hands does nobody any good. So on one hand, absolutely, a bunch of money got laid out right at the wrong time. And and somebody said, go do a dumb thing, right? <laughs> because I don't want to get fired. <laughs> right. the, the nearest thing I can I can I can liken it to is remember when Young Justice and Green Lantern were the best damn cartoons on? TV, but like they got canceled because girls were watching yeah. and, and boys weren't buying toys. The girls were, and it was like, no, those things existed to sell toys to boys. Like, heads rolled, and it's the same kind of logic, right? Like, hey, yo, so fuck all these guys. We spent a bunch of money. Get out there and get our paper. You know, right. ATT's not in the business of publishing comic books. ATT thought they just watched they just watched Disney rake in 10 years worth of billions. Right, and they want some of that, and they don't care how they get it. HBO Max, though, like not to pull us too far off course, but that's been a bit of a shit show from my perspective, right? Definitely, like, definitely a shit show. It's a shit show from pretty much everybody's perspective for the branding, for the direction. Like, just you know, I'm getting tons of emails. Like, just so you know, HBO HBO Go is now HBO Max. Like, okay. What does that mean? But you're not really telling me what it means until I look into the finer print and go, okay, so you're changing shit around. This is marketing thing, but it's horribly marketed. You're changing the name. You're doing a lot of other shit. But as a consumer, all I care is what does this do to the things I like? Right, right. And, and they changed a bunch of that, right? Because I was subscribing via the Apple TV channels, which I love, right? Now that I finally figured it out what the hell it is. Yeah. But, um, now that I, that, I, I love it <laughs> because it was confusing shit to me. I was like, I, I don't understand. Like, what is channels, right? But now that I figured it out, I'm like, oh, this is dope. So I canceled all my subscriptions and then resubscribed through channels. And then, like a week later, I get the HBO Max notification. I'm like, sweet. I go to sign up the channels on HBO Max. 
HBO Max does not support Apple TV channels. HBO yeah. Now does, but HBO Go doesn't. See, this is both. It's both. And it's like, they have realized, like, there's three HBO products. And if all I care about is, like, I want to watch every, I want everything streamed to come into my house, I want to hit my eyeballs, that is some kind of comic book related thing. To me, the critical marketing element there is I need to hear something comic booky in its name, right? I want to hear Marvel Go, Marvel Now. I want to hear DC Universe. I want to hear that. If I hear HBO Max, I think that you just found a better way to get me Oz. Right. Right? That's what I think. I don't I don't think that this is where I'm going to go if I want to watch Batman the Animated Series of Doom Patrol now. Like, right, right, right. I, and, I, and I don't want Doom Patrol and Titans and Stargirl, which I love, by the way. One, my new favorite show is Stargirl. Is right? it? And, oh my God, I love Star Wars. Okay, it's four episodes. I will get there. We'll get there. Right. We'll, we'll get we talk we'll about good shit that's that's bringing me joy. I did not expect this, but I love this show. But I don't want that lumped in with the possibility that I can also watch The Wire on HBO Max. I don't know if I can, but like when I hear HBO, I think drama, drama that was great drama in two thousand and five. Yes. Right, I haven't given a flying fuck about HBO anything other than Game of Thrones right. since about 2005. And if you're not, if you can't make me, like, of all this, so many good shows have come out in the last 15 years, none of them, I think, honestly, other than that one show, are like HBO, like that I that I know are branded HBO. You know what I mean? So here's the thing about HBO that I find surprising, right? Like, so now when I subscribe to HBO. Uh, now or go, I don't remember which one it was, but after I subscribed, then there were a ton of shows out there that I had never heard of, and every <laughs> single one of them that I started and watched, I was like, oh, this shit is pretty good. Yeah, right. So like, I I don't know if it's a marketing thing or what, but I do agree with your point about like I like the idea that this thing is comic booky. That's what I love about DCU, right? Yeah. I love the DCU app because it's it's like concentrated. <laughs> comic book goodness i know i'm going to get my superheroes in multiple forms i can read comics right. if i if i feel like i want to hop over to a tv show i can do that if i hop over to a movie that all is going to get lost and muddled and you know i haven't heard any announcements but i'm just assuming that dcu is going to get absorbed into hbo max and what happens to the comic book arm i have no idea but right. like i don't want to have to uh sift through episodes of sex in the city to get to you know <laughs> star girl yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that too for me, it, this re this reminds me of something. It kind of reminds me of how, in comic book terms, uh, people would always talk about. Everybody like always laments what happened with Vertigo, right? Like, like Vertigo used to be a great company that had great product, and what happened with that? And then I always say that what happened was everybody else caught up, right? Image Comics caught up, right? Dark Horse caught up. Like there's right. all these great indie comics and graphic novels out there that would have absolutely been Vertigo titles in the late 90s, early 2000s that would have blown you out of, just blown your socks off. That someone came along and said, I'll give you a better deal uh, on the publishing. You own everything, right? Like that kind of thing happens. And the next thing you know, Saga is not, not a Vertigo book. It's an image book. The next thing you know, Descender is not a Vertigo book. It's an image book. A Black Label, a Black Hammer is not a Vertigo book. It's an image book. And I think that that's what happened to HBO. And, and I think Betsy Scott is right. The Outsider is on HBO. And I never watched dope. it. It was dope. I never watched it. But but, but here's, here's the other thing. And this is kind of to my graphic novel point about how this happens. Now, there's so much competition for good TV that, it, that now in my brain, 
I don't think about what channel. Uh, um, I don't think about what channel Hunters is on, or I don't think about what channel Outsider is on, and I don't think about how I'm gonna watch. Like I just like I think about how I'm gonna watch it, but I don't think about who produced it or paid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what's dope about channels, right? With channels, it's just like here's the show, and you don't even know where it comes from, right? It's just yeah. like give me the show. Right, you don't but, care. And that's why, but that's why brands have a problem signing up for it, right? Because they're like, no, we need you to know. I need know you to know it was Amazon, yes. I need you to know it was Amazon. Everybody needs to know it was FX. Right. You know, there was right. a thing like Patton Oswalt like a while ago says, I don't, and he made this thing, says, I don't care where the stuff I like comes from. I just want yeah. the stuff I like. Right. I don't care. I don't care who produced it. But like, but people, people in control of the brand absolutely think they need you to care. They need you to care. They need you to know. No, nobody wants to be the silent partner anymore. They want their logo in the bottom of the screen. Right. But meanwhile, right. I mean, like you, you fire up like some Netflix show, something like that, and like you get the whole Netflix. There's a Netflix production, and you get all this the pregame. You get that loud ass boom. Right. You get room. You know. You get around town to be like doo doo. I'm like Jesus. <laughs> Kids wake up. <laughs> you get all that, but then like, and you go on with your life. You're like, I'm just here for the show. Okay, I'm glad. Thank you, Netflix. Thank you. I did. I did need a new show to watch, and, and I think Betsy's talked about The Outsider before, and I've never seen it. So I, that is a reminder that I will add that to my list of things to catch up on, depending yeah. on it, whether or not I get two days off a week now or one day off a week. The now, Outsider will do. Uh, I'm gonna pull it back the comics real quick, but I just gotta ask right. one question for for people about streaming. Okay. Do you prefer the full drop or the episode trickle? Me personally, I prefer the full drop, but I only prefer the full drop because now there's more content. Like when we were growing up, you had shit to do during the day. So you couldn't watch five episodes a night of a show you liked, right? right. Like you just had to accept the Street Hawk came on, on on ABC on Thursday nights and just watch it episode to an episode, right? NBC's got that 18 for you and it's going to be episode to episode. You just got to live with that shit, right? But around the time in which everybody was saying shows like Hannibal were, the, were just completely dope and you got to get on this Mad Mickelson shit, right? Like when that was happening, that is about, in my mind, it's the same amount of time your brain started saying, this is some bullshit. I'm going to do it, but I need somebody to do something about this, right? <laughs> Around that time, somebody did something about that. And now, I, the only thing I don't like about it is I don't like that now we've been trained to not have this kind of, like, delayed gratification. We can't do it. Like, Stargirl is, like, my, my new favorite show, but I have to remind myself on Sundays that an episode came out during the week, mm. right? So then I have to be like, oh, wait, got to catch up on Stargirl. I prefer the full drop because I can probably watch two or three episodes at a time, right? For me personally, though, my TV watching you happens at very odd times. And it's it's they're almost like fever dreams because I watch a lot of TV shows after 10 o'clock at night and, and before 2 in the morning. So, like, it's time to go to bed and I can't sleep because I'm wired. I'm going to put this show on that I need to catch up on. Like, I started watching Dark because Betsy Scott was talking about it once. I started watching Dark, and I don't know what I'm watching. But I just know that if I'm watching it one in the morning, the next morning, you might need to approach me differently. See, I like the episode <laughs> drop, right? I, I like I like the slow trickle, right? There's something, I don't know, maybe it's nostalgia, right? But there's something about uh, this sort of, like, weekly you know, uh, ritual for lack of a better term, right? Like when when uh, Outsiders was being released, 
right? That was our Sunday night thing. And we may not watch it live, right? But we know it's Sunday night after we finish doing some stuff, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch this show and we're only going to be able to do an hour of it. And then after that, we're going to salivate, right? Like when we're just like when we're just sitting up mainline and stuff, I can't count how many times I got to rewatch. I rewatched an episode of Jack Ryan yesterday. Why? Because I fell asleep because I thought I got gutsy and tried another episode at 1 a.m., right? <laughs> What's the full trickle? I, I, you know, Jack I, Ryan's I, one of those shows that makes me kind of feel like I don't want I don't want it to be like a season drop unless you got three seasons in the can. Like, <laughs> I need to know it's going to last, right? I need to know we're going to make it. Don't be coming to me with one season. What is right. one season bullshit? This is the 21st century. Right, I need right. two seasons at a time, and The Expanse, too. Like, what you mean I got to wait nine months to see another season of The Expanse? <laughs> Fuck you. That's the other thing, right? You mainline it all in, a, like, a week, and then you're like, well, now I got 360 days. Right. Now I gotta watch some shit. I gotta watch some shit about like a retired baseball announcer who's an alcoholic right. and pretend I give a fuck. No, I'm telling you, man. Every show needs to be the expense. No. British Congress, right? I'm like, all right, I ain't got nothing else going on. Let me just fall asleep today. What about you, Troy? What's your? Plan? I'll, I'll let y'all rock, but I've said many times on this show that I will not and cannot do episodic stuff. I can't do it. So the thing, like. Right now, the and I watch. I don't watch it. Obviously, I don't watch as much TV as you guys do. So, like the shit I do watch. So, like um, Harley Quinn on DC Universe. We watched season one. Enjoyed the shit. Season I tried watching. I try watching Harley Quinn at home. Like when COVID first hit, I, you know, I had it. I had it on. I tried to watch it, and my wife was in the room watching, and she lasted like all of eight minutes. <laughs> And I was like, I can't. I learned I can't watch this show if my wife is in the room. It just can't happen because it's just too raunchy. It's just too out there. It's 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 too. It's too what, but for the same reason, my wife loves it because we had no expectations coming in, and we're like, hey, you want to watch this Harley Quinn show? And I hear it's cool. Okay, fine. We turn that shit on. We're like, you want to watch another episode? Yeah. Want to watch another book? Yeah. So we Harley Quinn also had like kind of one of my my uh, like an old school pet peeve of mine. So like I was like. I'm okay, like kind of catching it when I catch it. I don't, I don't need. I'm not one of those dudes that is like it's different from the comic. That's not a thing for me, and I kind of get annoyed when people are like it's different from the comic, and they let it bother them. I think for me though, whole like the kind of changes that are gonna make someone think that this is what the character actually is like when they do go to read the comic. Like sometimes that bothers me a little bit. Like King Shark. <laughs> right, that's not King Shark in the comic. Yeah. No, like, no, yeah. different. Dude. Like, no, that, that, and that was the point where it broke me. Right, like everything else, I didn't care about in this show at all. It was all fine. Like all the jokes and everything, fine. That's cool. We can we can live with that. When we got the King Shark, I was like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> someone's gonna be really unhappy about this. Right, when they we find out King Shark is the murder of King Shark in the comics at all. No, King Shark on the Flash is a lot closer. Right. All right. <laughs> So we're gonna pull it back uh, to the right. to the comic book thing for a second. All right. So how's business right now? People coming back. So when did you open back up? Chicago. We're in Chicago for those that are watching and uh, our local. Um, when Chicago opened up, what officially last week? June third. Phase June 3rd. three started June third. Right. So you've been so, open for about a week now. What's up? Okay. So so full disclosure, um, I was following the governor's recommendations on when opening could happen. And so that was kind of like all the things I was just waiting for the governor to open things up. I wasn't really sweating what Lori was talking about, right? Yeah. So my my timeline for opening was a little different 
than what Lori Lightfoot thought we'd be able to do. But when Lori Lightfoot and the governor were talking about what they were talking about, there was no George Floyd protest yet, right? So I kind of thought I would be opening at the end of uh, at the end of May, not into June, but I'd be open before that point. And it turns out I kind of just had to slow roll it and test it and kind of softball it. And what I learned, the thing that kind of helped me out is I'm doing a lot more mail order now than I was doing before for like actual current graphic novels and kind of backlist stuff. So that has actually helped to offset the amount of walk-up traffic I'm not getting. For my store specifically, the the majority of my customer base were sent home from the area mid-March, right? I wouldn't normally have to deal with that until the beginning of June, right? So I've already had about three months or so, right? Like two and a half months without the bulk of my primary customer base being around, right? So once we actually did open in June, it meant now let's test out people coming in. I can only have like about two people in the shop at a time to, to maintain distancing. Like I can kind of do a thing where if a third person is there and it's somebody I know, I can have them go into like the event space and, and then I can have two people in the shop. I can do that kind of thing if I need to. Everybody's masked up. Um, it's not the level of foot traffic and, and regular customer like kind of uh, uh, returns that would make me feel confident about going forward, right? But, but as long as people are still emailing me and asking for me to mail them things or, or doing things online, that totally works because online people, here's what I've learned, won't just say, give me this week's, give me this week's Batman comics, right? Online people will say, I've always wanted to read Ex Machina by Brian K. Vaughn. I buy all four books or whatever, right? Like, instead of it being like a $7.98 sale, it becomes like a $32 sale, right? It becomes a $50 sale or an $80 sale. Like, that thing is what kind of floats us, right? Because that person, whoever that is, whoever does that, you're making up for foot traffic that we've, we've completely going to lose, right? The casual customer isn't a casual customer now because a lot of people are still afraid to leave their houses, Right, but you might be living in Ohio somewhere, or or uh, upstate New York, or I'm just thinking of places that I've mailed to lately, right, out of state, right, like all these places that don't have a comic shop near you. You don't trust your comic shop. You didn't trust them before COVID. You don't trust them now for sure, right? You find me on the internet or on Twitter, or on Facebook or something. Message me, and I I will go to the post office every day. Uh, during COVID, I was going twice a week to the shop, and then that meant twice a week to the post office. Now I'm going to the post office practically every morning delivering some package to drop off for somebody who ordered something, right? And then that that becomes a sale that is completed by somebody ever walking in my door that completely is making up for a person who would have walked in my door but didn't, and then some. So I kind of dig the way my mail is working out right now. You know. Cool. So we got a question about subscription boxes. That is still a thing, even you know, like uh, I. So like, how even many? Think, right, it's the bane of my existence. Yeah, like it's the bane of your existence. I think subscription boxes, like you know, it might be counterintuitive for retailers to hear retailers say it, but I think the subscription boxes and it, subscription boxes kind of created a, a situation that has hampered comic book stores more than it ever has really helped them, right? It, having a pull list was meant to be a thing where you would show up to the shop every week and you wouldn't miss anything and you would get your books, yeah? But for the retailer, for it to work for the retailer, you sh you have to show up every week. Even two weeks is pushing. We can live with two weeks. Three weeks, you're not doing anybody any favors. And a month, you're screwing people, 
right? Like it's set up a situation where the retailer does more work, right? And they've already paid for your product. They floated you. And then when it's when it's on you to kind of like figure out when you want to come on in and pick that stuff up to get the retailer off the hook, then you'll do that, right? During COVID, this isn't the thing you really want to have happen. If you're if you're a comic shop customer, mine or anyone else's, and you've got a pull list out there, you gotta get in every week now because there isn't all the customers who don't have pull lists are basically floating your sale until you get right with your retailer. Right, if you're waiting a week, month, two months, right? Right. Are there? It's kind of a problem. Doing like, are there hurdles to like doing direct debit? Like, where I just give you the, the hurdle is the customer. Like, like cards on file were a thing that were always possible, and literally until there was a global pandemic, nobody really wanted to put a card on file because <laughs> the average the average comic book reader, right, the average guy who can't get to the shop once a week any damn way, probably also has a, a financial situation where he he needs to know exactly what's coming out that credit card and when. So we right. don't bounce. Right. So Especially you don't know how heavy that subscription Right. And, and let's, let's say like right now, we've been talking about all these different subscription services people are paying for, where it used to be just my cable bill would be like 85 bucks, 120 bucks, 150 bucks, whatever your cable bill is. When those bills start coming through and then somebody hits your credit card from the comic shop for 85.92. Right. Right. For like two months worth of comics, you're like, whoa, I didn't budget for that. But you also didn't budget for the 85.92. Right. right. So. Like nobody wants to give you the credit card. Every every subscription, I would say probably 89%, 89% of the subscription forms you can fill out in a comic shop have a, a, a section for you to put in your credit card information and there's some language. If we have your books more than 30 days, we're gonna charge your card. Ain't nobody filling that out. Right? Every retailer wants your order, right? So they can put an order in because they consider you to be their customer, but ain't nobody filling out that credit card information. Right. I didn't really. So I just I wasn't pushing for it. But COVID started happening. And people was like, you know what? Yeah, man, here's my credit card because I can't go nowhere else. Right. And, you know, <laughs> screw right. it. May as well give it all to you. I'm going to let it ride. <laughs> I'm a risk it all, bro. Like, here's my credit. Here's the, here's the code on the back. Right. <laughs> I trust you. So I started taking them. I started taking people's credit cards and like locking them in a safe. <laughs> <laughs> And at first it was like, all right, I got these 15, 20 customers. They trusted me with this shit. I'm going to make sure it's nice and secure and all. And then after about the third week of the shutdown, and so I was like, nope, you know what we're doing? Square invoices. Uh, That's it. Yeah. Square invoices. Because I use Square for all my credit card processing. And the other thing about like not being able to like, you know, uh, um, have people walk in the door, there's also, if you're a smart retailer, you're paying attention to what different types of transactions cost you, Right. Like it costs me more to punch in numbers for a credit card than it costs me to scan or insert a chip. Right. Right. It costs me more to punch in the numbers on a credit card than to send you an invoice and have you put your own shit in. Right. So that 30 cents starts to add up. Right. If I have 50 cards on file and, and every two weeks I'm like processing all 50 cards, that becomes like, mm, shit, this stuff like a light bill. Right. Like you don't want that. So you just want to do things a little different way. So I'm I'm I switched up how I'm doing it, you know. But nah, credit cards on file was always that was a myth of the '90s where people was like, yeah, just do a credit card on file. You did credit card on file for people who like are ordering statues and like Green Lantern power batteries and bullshit. Right. You're not doing a credit card on file just because somebody likes Batman and Wonder Woman. Right. Like really, nah. Because because nobody incurring a thirty dollar overdraft fee is murder to some people, you know. 
It was a tough. And, I remember coming up and seeing that overdraft charge, like when I when my money was all messed up, and you just be like, ah, damn, you done messed everything up for for a Batman book that sucks, anyways, right? Like, bro, bro, I had people say to me when I talked to them about their spending habits and and trying to get them because I'll do a thing that a lot of shops won't do. I will talk to you about your paper. <laughs> and I, say, you I, I realized you, you have come into my shop. Was that Troy? You know, you were you were offering like uh, expanded services. Like you were here for comment, man. But everybody wants to see some cat coming in. You financial advice. Everybody wants to see some cat come in, dropping hundred bucks a week on comments, right? But I will absolutely profile your ass. I will be like, <laughs> you have come in for three straight weeks and dropped a hundred dollars, and let's talk, son, because I know damn well that is unsustainable. Right, I know it's sustainable, and what's gonna happen is you start asking me to get you some special shit, and then I'm gonna get you your special shit, and then right at the point where you don't hit four hundred dollars, you ain't got no more money, and mom and dad control the purse strings, and I'm fucked sitting on now eight hundred dollars worth of shit down the road, wondering where you at, and we ain't doing that. So how about we just pump the brakes on everything you thinking you're doing right now, and keep you at a level that you can sustain for the next nine months that you're in school, sir? We're gonna do that. <laughs> Right, you ain't got room. You ain't got room for life size like fucking red Sonya in your dorm room anyway. So let's not. <laughs> Coast Comics and Financial Services. Fruit. We can't get batteries. Nah, you can't get fruit batteries. You can't get. You can't clothesline speaker wire. None of that. But I'm gonna get your shit right because I ain't trying to get stuck with no. Your nerd. Not it. Mom and dad. They give you the. They give you the card. But you are not, you are away from home and you are losing your damn mind. I had a customer last summer. He was going home for the summer. And what he was, what he was doing before summer came up, he was coming to me. He was like, Hey, so uh I saw this 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 sale on eBay where someone is offering the entire run of new 52 Justice League, new 52 Superman, and new 52 Green Lantern. And they're they're offering it for this price. Do you think that's a good price? Then I said, Well. If you were buying it from me, it's a great price. <laughs> but, but you're not buying it from me, so I'm going to tell you I wouldn't do it. <laughs> He's like, but I don't know if there's any other chance where I'm going to get all these comics. And I say, well, I personally, I don't know that you need all those comics, right? If we're gonna, if you want to start a collection, let's talk about getting you the right books to have a good collection. But if you're just gonna go hog wild and do what you're gonna do, bro, as long as you still got paper for the shit you're getting from me, <laughs> right? You just gotta prioritize. Prioritize. <laughs> prioritize. Summer came around, and that dude came to me and said, "Hey, Terry, can you do me a favor?" Yeah, so I got to move back home. I got to move out of my dorm room and all. And uh, this is gonna be a really weird request, but um, can I? Can I? Like kind of keep a few long short boxes of comics here at your shop just for the summer. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, well, so my mom and my parents know that I buy comics, but they physically have not really seen what that looks like. <laughs> they don't know I'm on that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't know I got a problem. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I got you, fam. All right, we're good. How many boxes are we talking? Then he told me, and I was like, damn. <laughs> That's not even all from me, man. What you doing? How you living? Man, dude, homie, you need to wrap it up, B. So yeah, he, he brought that shit down on a hand truck. Oh, and I found a place to stash it. 
And she went, when class resumed in the fall, he came and got all my whole world was when it, when class resumes, get this shit out of my get it out of my storage space. You know what I mean? It's on you. You know, oh, that's good stuff. So, yo, I, I want to shift it. Right. So I know Troy's got a couple things. I know we was definitely going to speak on the protests, but I know you got some video game stuff. So I wasn't sure if we wanted to take it serious first and then end it on a higher note with the video. Games, or <laughs> if we was trying to get deep. Reminders, National Bourbon Day. I don't know what you're drinking. But. So, yeah, I got, I got my Evan Williams. Worked Evan Williams. Had the Russell earlier. National Bourbon Day, June 14th. Like I said, it's always before. Thing is, it's not going to be deep to the point where we're going to leave people depressed after this shit's done. Because part of what makes this part of black culture is really laughing at shit and try and making it through. Because like when shit is rough and shit is bad, somebody always going to have jokes. Somebody right. always have a little snide comment. So it's not going to be a thing where. Now we bring everybody down and like, oh, and all the white allies are like, well, fuck y'all. I didn't like your show. No way. We ain't doing all that. <laughs> we ain't going through all that. But so it's all, so it's it's, I'm, it's not going to get deep. Like we can talk about whatever. Um, like I said, we got, you know, this is a very loose, very loose uh, 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 format, very loose uh, uh, itinerary. But it's not going to be to the point where hey, I, I people tune out for the next half hour because we don't get deep. And we're gonna get like morose and we're gonna talk a lot of shit. We're not gonna do that. So we're just gonna go like so we're just gonna go ahead. We're gonna weave in the humor because there's gonna be some funny shit in this. There's gonna be some hilarious shit in this, but we're gonna keep it moving. But that's but that's all right. So we can talk about whatever. I just want to bring that out because I got some video, I got some video game shit, I got some music shit, I got some, we got some real life shit going on, and all encompassing. What's going to happen is we're going to be able to, after we say the, the, the real deep shit, there's going to be some jokes. <laughs> That's all. So we can talk whatever. I will say off rip one thing that has got me at level and, and makes me happy. And my wife. Animal hmm? No. Oh. Animal Crossing is good. Animal Crossing, New Horizons has been some good shit. But as my man Jeff has part, and we're gonna get to that too. My man Jeff said, because racism, we're finding that we're not having putting so much energy into the Animal Crossing. But I didn't buy not a damn turnip. <laughs> I, I bought, didn't buy not a damn turnip today. I, I bought turnip. <laughs> I bought turnip. <laughs> it's time to get what you're trying, you trying to get? I'm trying to get this money because like, I'm like, oh, okay. I only have five million in the bank. Okay. You say only. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, there's a thing. The house is all paid off, right? Oh, the house has been paid off. Right. So, um, therefore, you just you just stack your paper. All right. You ain't got to get it. You know, bridges, you know. The animal crossing economy. I banged the bridges out right from the jump. I was like, I need bridges and, and ramps. That was the first thing I banged out. I was like, I don't need a big house. I just need to be able to get across my island without this damn pole vault. Yeah, there's, there's that. There's that. But the thing is, that I want to do things with my island. Like, you know, make other elevations and shit. So I don't know where the where those things would go. Right. So once I get my rivers and shit where I want them, and then put in bridges, then put them in clients. So I'm just waiting for that point where I'm starting to buy these things, and then going forward one day, so they're built, then going back. So I'm, I'm sick of waiting for the bullshit. I just want all my stuff, but I've I've yet to get my topography together. Once I get my topography together, we're good. 
Then I can work on the bridges and the inclines. Yeah, the house is paid for. It's all specked out. Tom looking got shit to say to me. Um, so I'm good with that. But the one thing the game and my, my wife uh, noted actually uh, yesterday, she said, I don't think I've seen you as excited as, about a game as this. This joint is on PlayStation. It's on Xbox called Man Eater. You are a shark. Son, this shit is so fun. It's only a, it's a 15-hour game. It's a short game. It came out a couple weeks ago. And you were literally progressing a shark from a baby shark to an adult. <laughs> and this shit is so much fun. But at the beginning, you're getting pumped by like alligators and like trout and shit. Like you're getting pumped by these things. You grow up and like there are certain missions like uh, <laughs> eat this many humans, eat this many this, da da da. And you know, at the end of every little section has an alpha apex predator. You got to take them out. Once you do all that, then you start growing and growing and growing. It's all levels and everything. You get to level 30 is a meg is a megalodon. And so you're fucking you're you're nine meters, which is about 28 meet 28 feet. Yeah. And three feet to a meter. So you can also <laughs> you can also spec out your shark because it's an RPG. You can spec out your shark to have different capabilities. And it's just, it's fucking amazing. It's amazing. A bit, of metric, a bit of metric nerd trivia for people who have trouble understanding meters and feet. It is about three feet to a meter, but it's also, if you want to envision a meter, think, look at your door, and it's about the distance from the doorknob to the floor is one meter. Sign. So 20, so nine meters is significant. Yes. Right? That's yes. amazing. And it's awesome. And like I so said, you're getting pumped. Like I spent my, my baby shark years. Um, it is not free. It is $40. It's not a it's not a prime game. It's $40. Uh, apparently it was made with the assistance of the state of Georgia, which is weird. There's uh, <laughs> a big thing in the beginning, like, you know, built by Georgia. Like, well, okay. So I guess Georgia gave this game. Georgia's a state, though. Georgia's a state, not landlord, right? They have a coast. No, yeah, they got a coast, but they got a shark problem. No, no, the thing is supposed to no, but I think the outer banks do, and that's I, like the Carolinas. I think the 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 company that makes it is in Georgia, and they oh, got okay. had a grant. A grant. Right. Okay. And so it's in it's, it's this hypothetical like Louisiana kind of thing where it's like a bayou and it's the Gulf of Mexico. So you're running around and like they're like there's like a golf course level, golf course area where you're just you know, you're hopping on land and chasing golfers. Which is awesome. Um, my my, my homegirl said this is like Echo the Dolphin meets Saints Row. You are literally doing oh, this shit is awesome. It is fun as all. One of the reasons, another another bit of nerd trivia here is one of the reasons why the golf is a great place to do a game like this is literally why the golf is a problem for shark. Why sharks are a problem for the golf is that sharks have figured out a way. Like people used to think that an animal is a freshwater animal or a saltwater animal, and that prevented one kind of that prevented one and from and from entering the domain of the other and causing a problem. But sharks adapted to the point where they can come up the Mississippi Delta from the Gulf 
and, and basically come from a saltwater environment into a freshwater environment and go like 100 miles, to go some crazy amount of miles before it became a problem for them, right? Yeah. So like, you're thinking, oh, I got to sweat a thing because it's the Pacific and it's the Gulf or the Atlantic and the Gulf, whatever, and I don't have to sweat any of this because those predators won't come here. But then, thanks to climate change, sharks adapted to be able to be like, fuck it, what's over there? Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> that's I, the I, shark I, can do. I sense things. Um, what kind of shark can you be? There are three different um, kind of things. There's a shadow, there's shadow, bone, and bioelectric. And they break down your body parts. So uh, head, fins, body, teeth. And every one of those things has a, has a point, basically. Uh, the bone set is for breaking ships, basically. Uh, you can also arouse the ire of uh, yeah. You can also arouse the ire of the um, of the Coast Guard, uh, and they send boats after you. So you have to kill the. You have to actually fuck up the boats. So what better way to blow up the boats than if you're made of bone? Um, if you're taking on other uh, wildlife, um, alligators, sharks. There's a great white. Um, there's a great white barracudas. There's also sperm whale. Um, you can also hop on land, which is <laughs> um, the uh, if you're bioelectric, you are, your teeth are laced with electricity. Your body is laced with electricity, and when you dodge, you actually turn into a bolt of lightning. Um, and there's shadow, which makes you swim faster. Um, have vampiric kind of bites. One dude is white Dave Matthews. You see that? Yes. Uh, yeah, one dude is white Dave Matthews. Yes. <laughs> No, <laughs> Dave Matthews, our friend, not Dave Matthews, the band dude. <laughs> right. Dave Matthews, our friend, is who I met. <laughs> that guy, right there, it's white Dave Matthews. <laughs> um, so it's, it's it's pretty awesome, and then you get you can switch back and forth into things depending on what you're doing. Um, advanced sonar, um, there are collectibles uh, that you can run and jump and and things. Um, it is very fun. Um, my wife is just like you have not. Enjoyed a game as much as you've enjoyed this. Since this I've sounds played. amazing. This is totally going to fit with my new video game rule. This, <laughs> this shit is awesome. Um, like I said, at the beginning, like I said I was, I was getting punked by alligators. As a megalodon, what I've done is I've gone back to those areas and cleared them completely out of alligators. That's what you do. That's fuck right. You. Fuck you. That's right. Fuck you again. Talk that shit now. Right. Keep that same <laughs> energy. Keep that same energy. <laughs> I'll be back. I was, I was like, Oh, two meters. I was like 1.2 meters last time you saw me. I'm nine now. What's up? What's good? What's so good? What is, huh? is this, is this I love this game is fun as shit. Um, I do recommend, and this is what's this is this has been something I've been putting my energy in. I'm at the end game at this point now. Um, like I said, it's a pretty short game. I think they just put it out just to see, like, hey, I wonder what kind of what kind of press we can get. I wonder what kind of thing we can get. So there's no immediate uh, plans for, as far as I know, for DLC or anything like that. The camera's kind of weird, but all the while, you're, I mean, you're lunging at boats and picking people off and, you know, and going through. And there's a resource system where, depending on what kind of fish you eat, you get more of a resource in order to upgrade yourself. So it's, it's, it's fun as shit. Um, it, it, it does have, like, when you're flopping on the beach, you do have a, a sense of kind of... I wouldn't say whimsy, but you are a shark flopping on land. And there's an actual, 
there's an actual uh, upgrade to say, how long can you stay on land and how fast can you move? Because you're just basically just hopping around, eating. Yeah. And, it's, 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 and you're on the golf course, you're, you're doing all this stuff. So this has been an awesome game. Um, and it's kept me, like I said, it's just, I've, I've done, you know, I go back to Civ, Civilization. I go back to all these other games I play. But, you know, after I do my stuff in, in Animal Crossing, after, you know, I hit my rocks, chop my trees, um, say hi to everybody, whatever, whatever, I jump on Man Eater and like, hey, let me go get at these <laughs> alligators. You got to break a kill. You are done. You are done. So that's that. This is my this is my thing. I would recommend this. Like it's forty bucks. Um, like I said, I think this the studio that put it out. They haven't put anything else out. I think that, like I said, they got a grant from the state the state of Georgia. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know if this is a big hit right now. It's been out for a couple of weeks, but I love the game. Like there are some issues, but you get to be a shark. I like. I don't. I don't even know why we're. I don't know why we're even. We've gotten to twenty twenty. And now we have a shark. Like this is kind of a. I just thought it seems like it, it seems like it took a while. Yeah. Why weren't we here sooner? Yeah. yeah. So is it multi console? No. As, yes. Uh, PlayStation and Xbox and PC, and I don't think it's Switch. Uh, all right. What's your video game rule? So all right. So this goes to like things that I've decided that I'm just kind of done with. Like kind of dealing with and not seeing them for kind of what they are in a way, right? Like in video games. I don't want to play any more video games in which I don't have an option of playing a character who looks like me. Like no more. <laughs> I will play no more video games. If you got a video game about a cowboy just running roughshod in the West, just bringing in mad fucking like, like, like hooligans and like, like taming the West, whatever. And that dude can't be Baz Reeves looking motherfucker with dreadlocks, then I'm out. Exactly. If you got a video game about a space barbarian, this dude and got himself like a suit of Iron Man ass armor, but he's a fucking from he's from the year like 2008, like 2000 BC or some shit, and he ain't he ain't melanated, but in space with like a glowy laser axe anyway. <laughs> I'm out. I don't care what it is. I don't care that you wrote some book about this, some some little like 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 bullshit game bible where your guy's a treasure hunter and if it was ever a movie, he looks like Brad fucking Pitt. It's fictional. If he can't also look like Michael Ely, I'm out. Like no, no more. I don't care. And the reason for this is the same thing we used to always say: where my history is the elective, but your shit is core curriculum. I'm tired of it. I'm done. No more. I won't do it. If you want me to play your game, like if it's a sports game, sports game, we got plenty of brothers in the sports games. Why? Because the bulk of people in the damn sports is brown. So of course there's plenty of brothers in the damn sports game, unless it's baseball, because you guys, baseball does not give one iota to marketing its individual players. No, they're not marketing the individual players. And then suddenly like, oh, how come we're only about a quarter black in baseball? Like, I wonder why you're only a quarter black in baseball. There's so many games that have come out in which there's no reason for the player, whether you're black, white, or not, whatever whatever ethnicity you may be, whatever gender you may be, there's no reason for any of these games to come out where you are stuck playing that one guy to get through this whole game. I don't want to, I'll look at those, I see those, 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 those ads, and it's like Norman Reedus in like a spacesuit with a baby around his neck, right? And I'm like, 
at first I was like, oh, well, Norman Reedus is cool because Walking Dead, dude, they added that dude to Walking Dead. It made me want to watch Walking Dead, right? Well and good, fine. I don't give a shit now. But Norman Reedus in a video game with his little like laser windmill thing. I don't even know what the damn game is, but I don't care. Like if if I can't decide that Delroy Lindo is my lead character instead of Norman Reedus, I'm out. Don't want to play it because I have no desire to be in your fantasy world yet now still be stuck playing. This, this this guy's gonna save the fucking world when I know damn well it ain't that hard to make a character creator because the character creators already told me I can be tall or I can be short, I can have muscles, I can be skinny. The character creators already told me I can have a blue suit or a red suit, right? Character creator didn't tell me suddenly I can't have thick lips and a wider nose. Fuck your game, I'm out. If Animal Crossing can let me play a dude that kind of more or less looks like me, yeah. and if I can be a straight up wild ass, like like if I can be a straight up wild ass John Sider looking motherfucker in Skyrim, then every one of your games can pull this shit off, and I won't play that one. Won't, I won't do it. The only reason the shark game gets to pass here <laughs> is one. One is there's there's shark customization. <laughs> One of them is lightning powers, so like, that's black as fuck. So like, <laughs> you had me at lightning powers. So you said lightning powers. I was like, all right, that's black. That's, you know, black superheroes, lightning powers. That's fine. I, I live with that. <laughs> you know, and I'm not one of these dudes that's like I'm only gonna read comics about the black superheroes. I'm only gonna watch movies about black dudes. I'm only gonna listen to music with black dudes in it. Lord knows I love myself some fucking sweet symphonic death metal, right? Like that ain't my thing at all. In places where there are choices you, the player, can make for for what kind of character you can play, when none of those choices involve brown people, I'm done. And I will further say that if you also have these games and you think you're clever and you're writing in that shit where your character's having these like romantic issues and like, oh man, I can like push up on this person, I can like holler at the barmaid or whatever, and it's got to be always hollering at the barmaid, I'm out. Because you can make other choices. Right. You know you can make them other choices. We're at this point now. We're now we're stuck in the crib having to play a video game, and we're going to play through all of it because we can't go outside or we'll die. Right? <laughs> now I can't compromise anymore. Yeah. Nope. Death is out there. Well, yeah. As long as the shark game gets a pass. That was my thing, right? Because I was like, because I didn't hear what you said about the shark game when you said your video game rules. So I was like, oh, is he banning the shark shit? But like, <laughs> Lightning bolt customization makes a lot of sense. That is, that's, that's pretty black. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm with him. I'm with him. We always we joke about like all the everybody wants to make a black superhero. He's got lightning powers. We joke about it, but it's also very it's so common. It's familiar, right? It feels like home. It's like it's right. like you go know, to the cookout and there's that mac and cheese. You're like, all right, it's a cookout. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it ain't got to be that way. You know, but it's that way, so we're gonna take it, right? Like that's what's up. You know, I was in a, I, I, I'm, I, I join and quit Facebook groups about comics on a regular basis. I'll join one because I like the name, right, and what it's supposed to be about, and then I'll be in that shit for like three weeks and be like, I hate these people, and I'll quit, right? Yeah. And there was one that I was in about like, uh, there's something about Marvel comics in a certain era, whatever, and there's this new, you know, the new. The new or perhaps not new Miles Morales game that's coming out, right? Yeah. And it's not really new up apparently. No, and then no. somebody was like, somebody said, Hey, what happened to Peter Parker? And then somebody was like, blame social justice warriors. And I was like, 
fuck and you, because let me tell you, like, nothing happened to Peter Parker. He's been in every single Spider-Man game that ever existed. Ever. You get one with Miles Morales, and you motherfuckers are like, they fucked Peter Parker over? Like, really? Fuck, I bet Peter Parker's still in that fucking game. The game could be right. all about Miles Morales, but every damn lesson he has taught comes from some white dude who has spider powers. If you actually read the Spider-Verse comic, the bulk of the Spider-Men that, like, that, that get encountered, period, are all kind of basically white Spider-Man dudes, and Miles Morales happens to be there. So stop with the, like, they, 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 they took Peter Parker, gave us Miles Morales, the left fucked that up. They didn't fuck it up. You now have to, if I can read your Batman for the entirety of my 40 years, my 45 years of being able to read, right? If I can read your Batman and somebody comes along and they have the Batman who is also brown, you can't read that guy? For the nine months in which it's published, fuck you. Yo, yo that's Spider Gwen, right? Like, oh, they, there's this woman doing the spider thing. Like, man, women, social justice. Like, are y'all serious right now? Right, right, yeah. There, there, there's there's a Spider Woman. The Spider Woman herself wasn't created in like the late seventies. So, like, whatever. You miss me with that? What was that, Jeff? I was just going to say, but Facebook groups in general, I don't know why they tend to attract some of the worst people on the planet, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, like if a Facebook group is not heavily, heavily, heavily moderated, it devolves yeah. so fast. I'm in a D&D map making group. How the fuck you have a racism conversation in a D&D map making group? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Six weeks arguing about the flow of rivers. <laughs> News was lit off like rivers don't flow that way. We're like, yo, it's a fantasy match. It's a fantasy game, right? It's a fantasy game. No, that is not how rivers branch. Rivers never merge. They or never branch. They just merge, and you're like, yo, calm down, right? Magic. So, so you can you can accept the dragons come through and wreck the town, but you can't accept the rivers are just different here, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's like every Facebook group I've ever been in, other than Chicago Nerd Social Club, right? Like every Facebook group is just like, yo, how did we let racism into this conversation? When I when I made the last map for, for my game world, right? When I made the last map that I made for it, I was I I, I kind of do this thing where I like I freehand the map, but I also do like a little fractal mapping and shit. And then I, I, once I print it, I kind of freehand over it to kind of see what I like, you know? And sometimes artistically, you just want the rivers to kind of do a thing because it just, your hand just wants it to be a thing. But because I know how rivers actually do work, you know what I decided to do? Where it just doesn't quite work, I just put a mountain there, <laughs> right? Because rivers fall out of mountains, so now but you don't give a fuck. Right now, fuck it, right? <laughs> Fixed. <laughs> I just put like the... It's a mountain now. So there. There's a mountain at the beginning of it. We're good. Right? Shut I remember, the fuck up. I remember some dude trolled them and took a, a map of Europe and like tilted it. And <laughs> was like, yo, I'm looking for critiques. And people were like, ah! <laughs> Lost their minds. <laughs> oh, this is how rivers work. <laughs> the, only, the only groups I've been in that cover ton of art groups, ton of like people who are just reposting old like old illustrators and shit like that like people who, do, who did like the pulp covers and like the 50s and 60s and that kind of shit that is devoid of any racial shit until some racial shit happens someone like here's like the person who did this aunt jemima cartoon and um and then there's always someone who comes in like 
this is the product of their time. Why are we doing this? Is today's standards? You social, and then it dies down until we get like somebody who did like a Playboy cartoon, and then all a woman has to do is say, "This is unnecessary." Like she has eight inch heels and right, really <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> this is oh good job, women messing it up. Like, and it's supposed to be a. Uh, like a reference for like artists, like this is the kind of thing that people have done. Those kind of things, those are the only time. Otherwise, like it's just people like, hey, this guy drew this thing in the sixties. We're like, oh, that's cool, oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh, this person, this guy, you know, hey, this lady drew this thing. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. But as soon as we get on some shit that's clearly not right, there's always somebody who wants to jump on. As soon as someone goes, eh, I don't know. Bibles, you need to, you, you PC police, you gonna shut down the group now? What are you gonna do now? What about, chill, time out. Right. Relax. Log on, fam. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. People have lost the art of keep it moving, right? Like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a thing where this is, so for people that don't know, if you, if you, if you ever had a Facebook post, right, and you see it and it bothers you, if you just wait a minute and then refresh, it's gone. It is. It's gone. Sometimes. Saturday. Right. You ain't even got to think about it again. Sometimes. Right. Sometimes. I mean, it also depends on what what uh, what mood you're in. What oh, yeah, because there are days where my thumbs are aching, right? <laughs> where I'm like, oh, no, there's going to be some shit today. <laughs> I got time. I got time. Right, right. So Someone's wrong on the internet. <laughs> right, someone's wrong on the internet. You got more video game news? For me, like that—that that was my main. One. Like, I mean, I—I I have not hit the point in Animal Crossing where I'm at uh, modifying my island. We just—we uh, kind of tested that out today because I'm sharing the island with my wife. So, like, I'm not like I can't just be like, "That's it. Here's where Godzilla's gonna live." You know, <laughs> like we have to kind of like we're—we're we're kind of playing together. Okay. Just so we both have characters, separate houses, separate parts of the island. Yep. Uh, we collaborate on like who, which <laughs> animal we've invited to live here and, or not. Yeah. You know, we we've we we've individually done things that like modify the island ourselves as the mood struck us. We're clearly not playing at the same time, right? Because only one person can play at a time, right? Not but, true. Like, not well, true. I don't I don't like the way that works. I haven't done it so yet. I'm gonna <laughs> I don't, I'm gonna pretend it doesn't exist. I okay. hate it. I really don't. I, because it doesn't, it doesn't give you full functionality of you both being on the island doing your thing. Whoever's the leader in the following leader case gets the ability to do some things the other person can't. Right, and you have to switch back and forth. And if I'm if I want to just grind and catch bugs and fish, the other person is relegated to like changing clothes and like you know what I mean. Like right. <laughs> you 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 can't do everything that your character would be able to do if you're playing that way. And I don't really like that. If you were Playing with multiple switches, this is a kind of different situation. And right. we, I ain't, I ain't <laughs> switches in the house. You can play with one switch, yes. Right. So that's kind of what we've been doing. So our our next thing is now that we've kind of mastered the turnip situation, more or less, we are at let's figure out rearranging the island where we want our, our cribs to be versus everybody else. Yeah. You know, like, okay, I think I've got these people jammed in a little too close. So let's spread that out a little bit. And I think I also don't want my house anywhere near resident services. You know, I feel like it's like, you know, like you live in near downtown and you come out of your crib and the first thing you see is a parking lot. 
Like, and you're like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't want to live across the street from City Hall. I just, I'm not feeling that, you know? The first thing Lakeith did was move himself to the Burbs. Right. Rhode Island. Was, <laughs> that dude was in the far left. Yes. Far, far left. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't, when we started playing, I didn't know this was going to be a thing. So, like, I just kind of put my house, like, in a spot that kind of seemed like it made sense. And then it was like, well, oh, I guess I am close to residence service. Oh, shit's getting bigger, is it? Oh, hell. I'll get to put a museum somewhere. I'll put it over. Oh, damn, that's also really close. Ah, crap. Right, right. <laughs> it's getting tight. Then you put that 50000 on him and say, I want to move. Right. It's cool. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, that was, a big, that was the biggest thing. Like, my, my wife first, like, I want to play. Okay, cool. She... Put her house like twenty feet from mine, and I was like, "Okay, that's you know whatever, whatever." And then I decided to move, and she went, "Why, why are you move? Why are you moving? Why you gotta move? You you, you, you gotta move away from me? Why are you move? No, baby, it's not like that. No, baby, the no. neighbors. No, no you know, no, I got, I just got a you know space, baby. This space, this, that's all. This space, I'm just getting some space. That's all. You can come visit me. I'm like, my house is there. Like I got a ramp up to my house because the key's problem was. His kid didn't have the ladder. So the key put his, his house on the incline, didn't have an incline. So the only way you could get to his house was the ladder. So I at least, I, the first thing I did when I moved my house was I put inclines up to my house. Like, so my wife could get up to my house and she wanted to get up to the house, drop some off, do whatever, you know, hey, hey, you got some flowers, here's some flowers. Cool. Because the one, I had it. One day where I was still paying it off, still paying the thing, the, the incline off. I, I can't get to your house. What's what's up, I'm, babe? I'm sorry. Tomorrow I, you can get to my house. I swear. Tomorrow it'll be done. You can get to my house. I swear. I swear. I ain't trying to run for you, girl. I, no, I'm, just, I'm just over here. I'm just over here, baby. Just, that's it. I'm on the same island. I'm just here. Don't worry about it. It's cool. It's bedtime. So my, Yo, just coming in the hey. night, right quick. What's up, Xander? Can you say hi? They can't. You can't hear them, but they hi. can hear you. Hi, Xander. What's up, bro? They're saying, "What's up, bro?" What's What's on the pajamas? What is that? Just Are those cars or yeah. trucks? Trucks. Truck pajamas. What's up? Mario in tennis tonight. We was playing Mario tennis, and they busted me up right before we started broadcast. Okay. All right. All right. Make it up. Love you, buddy. All right. Now go on. Get out of here. Have you seen Turtley? I've not seen Turtley. I don't even know which one Turtley is. Um, it's a giant turtle that I love. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, check the washing machine. Yeah. Check check the dryer. You that's where they that's where they go. My kids got some unoriginal last names. Hammy for the hamster, turtley for the turtle. At one point they had two turtles and they named them Shelly One and Shelly Two because they couldn't get over who was gonna get the name Shelly. And I was like, it ain't even really that good of a name, guys. So it ain't no point in really fighting over that shit. Now you fight. You fight on that shit. That's exactly what you fight about. Shelly one and Shelly two. So we come up with a better solution. This is Star Trek as hell. Yo, Troy. Oh, it was me and you, Troy, right? Playing with the Charlotte Hornets because I, my man yeah. Chris is on some shit. Yes. Why don't we talk about Muggsy Bogues more. <laughs> Yo, because Muggsy Bogues have been talking about plenty. We played with the Charlotte Hornets dream team or All Star team. All Charlotte Hornets. Yes. Oh, the All Charlotte Hornets team. Okay, got gotcha. you. Yes. That shit and, was tough. Yes, and point and starting point guard is Kimball Walker, but his backup okay. is Muggsy Bogues. Okay. And so I can see this. So we, we played and it, it was rough. It was, it was rough going. 
We got hit about the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. That was well, part of the issue is like Kimball Walker is a really good player that I think people think of as a better player because when free agency came around for him, he was like the top player in it. Like there weren't like it wasn't like oh my god, free agency is so good, and you get Kimball Walker. It was like oh my god, free agency's happened. Well, here's Kimball Walker. Right, right, and he wasn't a bad dude, but it's like, oh, this is the year that, that happened. I right, got it. I, I guess. Right, you know? somebody overpaid. Got it. Okay. Right, got it. Right. Muggsy Bogues was like, oh shit, Muggsy Bogues, he's in Space Jam, right? Like, so that's true. <laughs> Muggsy Bogues, a lot of his popularity. If Muggsy Bogues was a foot taller, we wouldn't be talking about him at all. That's true. You know, that's true. Yeah, but he was. Has, he has an A plus in steals. Yes, and. Because he can literally get under the dribble. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But and, and he played amongst the both five three, but he also played in an era where a seven foot player wasn't a skilled player, right? A dude was seven feet tall because they thought he'd be a, a shot blocker, but he wasn't a ball handler. And Muggsy Bogues absolutely would take advantage of that situation because now this dude's massive and he can't move. That's my ball now. Right? Yeah. I but mean, a six three player would punish him. Let's see, but then we gotta talk about Spud Webb. Yeah, and an inch taller. And was he on? Oh, did you somebody play with the Hawks? Was he an All Hawks team? I don't even. Oh, we didn't I mean, with the Hawks. I mean, look, they had Drew. But if we're talking about how great Muggsy Bogues was, why don't we talk about how great Spud Webb is? Because their career trajectory was well, minus a, a slam dunk championship. What? What else? What did? What did Muggsy Bogues do? That this is why we don't talk about them. They didn't do much. They just one of them was in Space Jam, man. The other one was playing dunk contest. Right. I mean, like you know, Muggsy Bogues didn't. He won. He he won. He won a slam dunk contest. And basketball games aren't slam dunk contests. The guy scoring the points on that team was Dominique Wilkins. You're not going to not give Dominique the ball. Why? Because there's a dude five seven on the team. I'm sorry, give the ball to Dominique Wilkins. I'm sure Spud Webb is a very nice real estate agent right now. Right. Right? I'm sure he is. <laughs> Buy a house from the motherfucker. I, I, bet, I bet it's a lovely house. I bet it's a lovely duplex. Right? But we ain't got to be talking about his career like the dude got shortchanged and shit. No pun intended. He didn't. He played in the NBA like, with some great motherfuckers and was in a one slam dunk contest. And forever people keep talking about him by virtue of the fact that he was not tall. Right. right, that's how he's discussed. He's discussed by not being tall. He is not discussed as an all-time great player because he was not. So, how tall was B.J. Armstrong? Because I felt like he was tall enough to not really be noteworthy, but like at the same time, like five or so. Like he was yeah. ish, but he wasn't abnormal, like abnormally short. Right, B.J. Armstrong was more like about six two. I, I bet B.J. was like six one, six two. I'm willing to yeah, bet because, B, because like Spud and Mo, Muggsy were short people. Period. Not right. short basketball right. players. Correct. Right. They they, they were short. If you went to the bank, they were short at the bank. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you go to an ice cream truck. They're short at the ice cream truck. Yeah. They're reaching up. They got B.J. too. So that's normal ish. Yeah. That's, that's point guard height. B.J. Armstrong's point guard high. B.J. Armstrong's issue, like, the 90s Bulls had the problem of the triangle offense, which had people kind of, in a way, doing what is currently now considered positionless basketball. Like, the point guard for the Bulls didn't do what a point guard does. Traditionally, right? If you're the point guard for the Bulls, you are going to – they're going to inbound the ball to you. You're going to bring it up, and then you're going to pass it to Scottie Pippen, and then who knows what the fuck happens, right? right. Like, you aren't going to be dribbling through people – 
You're not going to do that Kyrie Irving shit. There's none of that on the 90s Bulls. So whatever B.J. Armstrong's skill set was in college, more than likely the reason he's a Bull is he can shoot. He was younger than John Paxson and could shoot it. He's not going to be like just like breaking people down and breaking ankles and crossing cats over. That wasn't a thing that would have worked back then because that was like Michael Jordan would have said, you're doing a thing that makes me now look bad. Stop doing that. <laughs> now give me the damn ball. <laughs> give me the ball, please. Yeah. Yeah, stop doing that. Oh, man. All right, so Troy, move us along. What we what we what we on to next? No, what we what we gonna we we gonna we gonna touch on? Like I said, we this is it's an undercurrent, right? We gonna we gonna talk on these protest shits. We gonna talk on this unrest. Shit. Oh, the protest shits that did happen. Yes, that did, right. did happen. Yes, um, <laughs> we gonna we gonna, we gonna talk on this because in the middle of a pandemic, um, uh, brother got got his neck nail torn in on camera. And, and, and 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 chick got shot while she was sleeping. Yeah, and Taylor got shot. And they, I think they still haven't arrested them dudes. Not at all. The city of Louisville doing everything they the city of Louisville passed a Brianna's law, which right. outlawed um, knock 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 down. Uh, no knock. No knock warrants. No knock warrants. But they have not arrested. Right. And have not fired the officers responsible. So, and just real quick, just to summarize, Brianna Taylor was what is she was like an EMT worker or something yeah. like that. I can't remember. And uh, she was at home sleeping like you do. Cops yeah. issued cops were issued a no knock warrant for her house. Uh, they came in, didn't announce themselves. Her boyfriend, yeah, um, a couple off on him. Thought that he was that there were intruders, burglars, yeah. and opened fire. Police returned an excessive amount of fire and ended up killing Brianna Taylor. But then to make it worse, it turns out the address was wrong. The address was right. wrong. They were serving a warrant at the wrong house. Yes. You know that, that shit too is like it's like when I when I'm looking at an address for something like on Google Maps and shit, and I do the street view, and street view is like, this is the address you're looking at. I'm like, no, nah, that's a tree at the park. Yeah. That's right. not the address. Wait, whoa, that can't that can't be right. You know, and I imagine this is how that shit happens. Like you, these dudes ain't even gonna try to put eyes on to make sure it's the right address. No, they just right. like Google. Google told me that's the address. Write that shit down. Yeah, but also the fact that the guy they were actually doing the they were looking for they had in custody. Oh, <laughs> I'd missed that part. Yes, they had him in custody, but they were like, "Yo, we're gonna do apparently this is a left hand right hand thing, where like, to roll. Oh, we gonna roll we gonna roll in this cat." And the other hand is like, yeah, we got his ass in the in, in the paddy wagon already. So, but they didn't talk, and that's what that was. So, the the point being that we've had a lot, <laughs> a lot. We've had demonstrations, we had protests, we had one day of of, of, of an uprising, um, and there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of a dialogue, and a lot of brands. And and organizations coming out saying Black Lives Matter. I, I'm I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of things. But the I remember being I was 15 years old in LA when they they came out and like, no, you watched this black dude get his ass whooped for basically the last four or five months. You watched him get his ass whooped, grainy black and white camera footage. But the guys who did it. Yeah, they're cops, so it's fine. And I remember being pulled out of school. I remember, I remember smelling smoke, and I remember 
all of the, you know, being angry as shit. And knowing that from where I grew up and where I was hearing where LAPD was set up, because LAPD was set up so that you could fuck up your hood all you wanted, but they would not let you leave it. It was the Freddie Gray shit. They would not let you leave. I couldn't, yeah. we couldn't, we couldn't leave. So why are you messing up your neighborhood? They wouldn't let us leave. Right. You can't you can't go anywhere else. We couldn't right. go anywhere else. They actually had streets blocked off. They this is what they did in Chicago. Chicago highways blocked off. Like, yeah, you can pitch a bitch where you are, but you're not gonna get outside of the hood where you at. And there's a sister who said, like, people says, people ask is why you mess up your own neighborhood. This isn't our neighborhood. We right. don't own shit. We don't have businesses here. The people who do have business here don't live here. Right. No one, the people who live here rent, they don't own. They lease, they don't All own. All shit's insured. This isn't ours. This is this and, and it also it also isn't even considering that. Well, aside from the fact that like looters and protesters are, are two different groups of people, right? Oh. But like there's also discounting the frustrations race-wise with people living in a community dealing with the people who may run those businesses and the racism that they portray, right? So like you, there might be people in the community who have issues with these businesses and yes. how they're treated by those businesses too, yes, right? So. There's, there's, there's a lot of things that are involved in all that. When you, when you, when you tell the public who are protesting peacefully that the parts you give a fuck about are the parts that seemingly are like, represent wealth right then what you what you're doing as police is you're saying the the quiet part out loud yet again yes right you are a customer service for people with perceived wealth it doesn't matter about the serve and protect it doesn't matter about community relations it doesn't matter about like like what these people are saying in terms of how they feel treated by you or whether or not you've killed people that you didn't need to kill right like it's not even that in Chicago, when you make it so that you are protecting Roosevelt Road to, to Chicago Avenue, right? What you've effectively done now is you have kind of just said, well, that's these are the people in Chicago who matter, right? Yeah. These are the people who matter. Like it isn't the option, the option was not to go in and 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 shut everything down and curfew and martial law so no one could even be on the street. You let these people march, they're going to march to to symbols, yeah. right? They're going to protest to and symbols, and right? Yeah. Because that's what you do, right? Yeah. That's what you do. But when you raise the bridges and say, no, nah, man, we 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 need this nice and clean, like, yeah. and we're not even talking about, like, major tourist areas and shit, right? Like, no one's going to, if maybe Pierce sunk into the ocean tomorrow, nobody would miss it. Right? But who gives a fuck if you just don't see another Dick's Last Resort? Like, nobody fucking cares. Well, right? I mean, the Children's Museum is there, and I got people who work there. So. No, no, that's, that's not what I mean, though. I mean, like, like yeah, I get you. I the get Children's you. Museum could be somewhere else, right? For 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 the value of, of, for the money that Navy Pier, that got sunk into Navy Pier, Navy Pier needs to be protected, even though Chicagoans and bulk don't get a benefit from that thing. It's a tourist thing, right? Right. When, when folks are talking about what the police have done and how they've been treated by the police, right? They would love to just go ahead and march straight to a police office and, or a police station and, and, and tear shit up there, like in terms of like yelling, right? Not, not even like 
really burning the fucking police station down. That's Seattle. Seattle went buck wild. I'm, I'm kind of proud of them the way they handled the Seattle situation. I'm amazed. They, they, Seattle, they pulled out some real video game fantasy shit right there. Yeah. Like the, cop, the cops vacated the police station and they're holding up at a Piggly Wiggly about a mile up the road. Like, still, like, it's great. Yeah. Because, because they assume, like, well, these people want to burn it. And they said, people like, no, oh, you've just given us a community center. Thank right. you. Now, now we have a community center. This, this is, is great. great. We we can order we can organize and like actually do things to help people from here. This is fantastic. We got resources. Thank you very so, much. So right, so the thing going forward, and this like we've gone through a week of how can I be an ally? What do I need to read? What do I need to do to decolonize my mind? You got brands talking about what do I need to, you know, here's a Black Lives Matter thing. I started my, my I started my NHL game and I get a Black Lives Matter thing before I start the game. Mm. What what? Not from the NHL. Yeah. Not from you. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm getting so we're getting all of these brands doing, but very few the the I my my reaction to to it all breaks down to keep this energy in in three months. Right. Keep this energy. You want to talk about we need to diversify. We need to listen to black women. We need to okay, it's June. Where is this going to be in August? Hell, where is this going to be next week? Because at this point... By the time August comes around, the NFL will be back, and then we'll really be on some bullshit. <laughs> because we're already yeah. mad. Because we're already yeah. mad. Because the Negroes and protested, and they, now they want to kneel in mass, and Goodell doesn't know what to do. So what do you want to do? As, as a black person who's gotten checked up on many times in the past week, and I appreciate it, uh, I'm not okay. Uh, I'm stressed. The fact that I have the pandemic trying to kill me and I have the police trying to kill me. So that's a thing. I just want to be able to say action happened. Good action occurred, right? Good things happened. You, you switch, you, you made some sub substantive changes. You not root. Now I don't want you telling me, yes, black lives matter by the way. Um, yeah, we're still not going to hire any of you uh, because that would that would denigrate our that would denigrate our brand and and no, we're not going to hire upper upper level people, upper level executives because they're not as good as we are. Like we don't want we don't want this. We don't want to get to that point. So my thing has always been: you talking this, you talking good shit, or and the thing. <laughs> Yeah, here's a, a boilerplate thing about Black Lives Matter. We really don't stand for racism um, in our in our company and in our business sector. Where is this going to be next? Are you going to hire anybody? Are you hiring anybody different? Are you telling people, hey, you seem to have issue with hiring black people. You seem to have issue with working with. Them. You seem to have issue. What are you going to do about that? So having this substantive action is what I want to get to, but we have a long way to go because there's so much, there's so much against that because power sees nothing without a demand. People who news media, um, the police department yield nothing, will yield nothing. There are, there was 200,000 people out in LA today doing at the black Lives. The only what the LA times didn't cover it. Okay, so if somebody who doesn't, like, I only know that because I, 
have people in LA like, yo, what's going on? They're like, yo, I'm at this big ass, like there are tons of people out here with the signs, with the thing. Major news media, major news medias have stopped covering it because now it's not because, because, well, no, it's not even, I think that really the word has come down that it's so scary. The rhetoric of defund the police, abolish the police is so scary that what they want is they want to not cover it so that it makes people think it's all done. And it, we, we, you know, George Floyd yeah. delayed the rest. So, so now everybody will just, everybody must have just gone home, right? What the conversations that, that I find like the most humorous in a way are the ones that are effectively like, of course, Black Lives Matter. I'm completely down with Black Lives Matter. Wait a second. Hold on. So, are you saying with, the, with your police gripe, are you saying that like I can, I, I, I don't have the option anymore? Like, I don't want the police to kill you because you're my friend but are you saying like <laughs> i i can't call the police like wh- what about like what about just kind of can i keep it in my back pocket a little bit like no you can't and you know why you can't because this is the result of that thing right Th- currently the way the police force works it knows how to do one thing very very well <laughs> they hire people who can't do anything very well right but they join the police force because they want to feel powerful right? They want to be respected. They want to, in fact, be able to demand that respect. This is not the person that you call when you have an issue that should be talked out, right? It's not the person that you call when you don't need a hammer, you instead need a screwdriver, right? It's not the person that you call when you might just need a wrench and all they have is a hammer. It's not the person you call, right? And, And you start talking to people and you realize, oh shit, they're only prepared as an ally to go so far in using their privilege to help what you're talking about, yeah. right? It isn't that they don't want to use their privilege. They do want to use their privilege. But what they really want is the issue a sternly worded letter. And they hope that their letter will be worded with just enough passion that the police will just stop doing what they're doing because they wrote this letter on your behalf, right? Please keep writing letters, but understand that unless you understand that a lot of times that shit's being done to protect you from a situation that is not endangering you, right? right? There's no reason for them to stop doing that thing, right? No reason to stop. They are literally trying to protect high-rise buildings in downtown Chicago where hypothetically they believe you live, right? That they're protecting, in the Freddie Gray case, they kept people in that one area of Baltimore. In your case, Troy, you're talking about how they keep you hemmed in the one neighborhood between between the 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 the, the highways. This is strategic, yeah. and it's done that way on purpose because the perception is you aren't the people they serve. You're just the people who are mad. So one of the things that I, I so I had an interesting conversation with a guy who uh, does work um, specifically around. Um, trying to create police accountability, right? And uh, the conversation was interesting because there were a few things he pointed out that you sort of know, but you just don't, you you haven't quite articulated, right? The first thing he was, um, one of the major problems with police forces generally is that everything is viewed through the lens of crime, Yeah. right? Everything is viewed through the lens of crime. You're measured on how much crime you stop or prevent or reduce, how many issues. And you can only look through that lens for so long before it corrupts and completely distorts everything the way you perceive the world, right? So this is one of the arguments that a lot of people make when they are anti-cop, right? Like a guy was, I was talking to this dude, Sal, was like, you know, 
I'm not saying that cops are bad people. I'm saying cops are bad because just by the intrinsic nature of what they do, right? So I thought that was interesting. The other thing that this other dude though said was, another problem that cops have around reform is that no one can define what good policing is. Right. We know what a bad you've, cop you've is, had it, right? You've had it, you've had good policing for so little time that right. at this point, you can't, how do you get back to a thing none of these people have ever experienced? Right. But everything is defined as we define bad and then just presume right. that the opposite of that is good, right? So it's like, right. well, he hasn't beaten anyone, right? That uh, guy didn't kill anyone, he must right. be a good cop. Right, so it's like, you know, how? Do, but how do we define and measure when a cop is a good cop and what are the things that makes them good so that we can replicate that other places? They don't have a definition for that. Yeah, I, I had a cop in my shop one day and we were just talking about like, you know, some neighborhood bullshit going on and like how we were kind of like in a way we were verbally following the timeline of when the bullshit started, how long it was starting. We can even predict when it was going to end. Right. And we were having this conversation and, and this guy said to me, he goes, you know, we really could like I, I could solve this whole situation if I were only allowed to violate somebody's civil rights. <laughs> with a straight face. And I, and I looked at him and I was like, mm -hmm. wait, what? He goes, yeah. Like he says, 10 years ago, like we would, we know who the problem, the problem five people are. We would have rolled up and just, you know, had a conversation with them in the sort of way that they would have stopped what they were doing after that conversation. But it would have been a complete violation of their civil rights, but it would have solved the problem. And I was like, well, all right then. I also understood that one, he knows he can't do that now, but he also sees that as a hindrance to his job. Yeah. Right? Like, he's not doing that thing, but because he can't do that thing, his job is now harder. Right? right. My problem is, man, how sure are you that you even have the right dude? Like, what yeah. is the difference between that dude and me when you get tired of what you can't do on your job? Right? Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you. And let me tell you, look, can I tell a story for a second? Speak on it. So uh, when I was young, um, I had gotten arrested um, for, I was accused of stealing a sofa from work, right? Uh, now, I'm not going to lie. You told me to go get some ice before you, but hold up. Uh, <laughs> hold up. Wait, was, it, was it made of chocolate? Like, <laughs> was it made well, of ribs? Well, hang on. Like a whole ass sofa. Right? Wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to be honest, right? So I worked at a warehouse, furniture warehouse, right? And, oh, and uh, I know that there were people stealing shit out of the out of the place, right? Because everybody that worked in a warehouse knows somebody stole something. Yeah. I, right, right. Like, so, you know, this isn't what I was arrested for. But, like, I remember asking my manager, my manager, for his discount so I could get my, my mother a kitchen set. Okay. Hey, can you buy this for me? I know you got, like, a 25% discount, man, and I'm trying to save a couple bucks. He's like, yeah. I got a better discount. Get that fucking truck. <laughs> Get that truck. For your mom's dog. She's about to just disappear from inventory. So I'm not gonna lie. I know there was some shit going on, right? But but this couch shit was not on me, right? So I I get picked up, right? And, uh, you know, the the cops were ready for some hardball shit. Right. But then they meet me and they're like, oh, this, this kid is all right. Right. Like, you know, he never really been in trouble. Right. Cool. <laughs> so 
you know, they're 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 booking me, right? And they're like, listen, man, if you just plead guilty to this thing, you're a good kid, you ain't got no problems, right? Right. They're gonna knock it down to a misdemeanor, you're gonna do probation and you'll be out of here, right? Like you fight this thing, you lose, you're looking at like seven years, man. Right. And I guarantee you, a judge is not going to give you time. You are working. You've never been in trouble before. Right. So let's just do this. Right. I'm alone. I don't have any parents. I don't have a lawyer. So I'm like, OK, let's yeah, that's the only word you need to know. Right. I'm like, let's do this. Let's do it. All right. So they're like, all right. So just tell us what happened. I haven't stolen the couch. So I'm like, well, what do you mean? What happened? Well, I mean, you got to allocute. So you got to tell us what went down. So I was like, oh, all right. Some guy um, called me on the phone and said that um, he would give me $500 if I gave him a special couch. And he gave me the model number. So I had someone pull the couch. And then um, when he came, I loaded it up on the truck. And then I was supposed to meet him in an alley later over by Brandywine Diner so that I could get my money and we would do the exchange and we would set up another purchase, but he, he never showed up. And this cop is like, do you mean to tell me? Wow. Some dude called you out the blue. <laughs> you loaded up a sofa and then you were supposed to meet some dude in an alley that you've never met and he was gonna give you $500? That's what happened? I'm like, yeah, he's like, all right, let me type it up. <laughs> okay, just sign that sheet right there, right? Like, he <laughs> right? Like he didn't care. He wasn't interested. He just wanted to I make sure that, that the lie you're telling that he told you to tell was right. like would hold up under one question. Right. <laughs> All right, cool. Let me type it up. These are the, these are the worst cops from season one of The Wire. There's two old dudes in the basement. Right. But what that taught me was, right, like, it's a job for everybody, right? And, like, I grew up on cop shows, right? So, so funny, I was telling my wife, when I when I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer because I used to watch Matlock all the time. Yeah. I wanted to be a lawyer, right? And then I found out 96% of cases, uh, uh, the the plaintiff is found, or the, uh, the prosecution wins, right? It's like an overwhelming majority of people that are prosecuted are guilty. In my mind... Yeah. There is a whole sea of people that are wrongly convicted and right. people like Matlock got to go and solve the day. So when I found that out, I got deflated. Then I wanted to be a cop um, because, you know, you're watching cop shows all day. And it wasn't until the L.A. riots, actually, that I was like, mm, maybe yeah. the cop thing really isn't the thing. But you I don't know about from you guys, but a whole bunch of things just happened there. Why didn't hear any of that shit? Oh, but you're still you're frozen. Oh, there you go. It was frozen. Okay. Probably Wi-Fi. But like, you know. <laughs> You have this perception of what cops do and like how they work, but in the real life, now that I'm older, it's like it's just a job like everyone else. And everyone has been at a job where they know there's a bunch of shitty people at their job, but they still work there. And that permeates every industry, right? Every field, right? So if you got 60% of people that are shitty at your job, there's 60% of cops that are shitty at their job, there's 60% of doctors that are shitty at their job, there's 60% of, of, of clerks at the county courthouse that are shitty at their job. And it's like some people just are trying to get home in time for dinner. But the thing is, though, is that because we have a, we put a, we expect cops to be the best 
of their field. Like if 60% of pilots were shitty, that would be a problem, right? And no, they are. they're just on autopilot. Well, you know, if, 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 if so, Chris, I mean, Chris Rackett thinks is I don't want says we need a hundred percent, like you know, a bad apple spoils the bunch. Oh, these are the best bad apple. But the thing is, though, is that you take the bad apple out, right? And that's the thing police are so recalcitrant about because it sheds a light on everybody. If 60% of, like, I guess I've worked in places where 60% of my coworkers are shit. I get it. And to your point, hey, you know, 60% of the dudes are, like, taking stuff and loading up on the truck and not saying shit. I got to be, you know, it's going to take, take a lot for me to go and slide off into that, into that bad category. But that's on me. You right? know what's kind of fucked up, too, is, like, if you if you – the way that we talk about the 60% of the people being shitty and you just want to do something about those 60%, you know the reason why it's different between cops and everybody else is that if it were the fire department, if the, if your house was on fire and the fire department showed up and while putting out your house fire, they set fire to the house next door, right? You'd be like, whoa, hold up, wait a second. And I know damn well, I can tell you for a fact, there's a lot of races on the fire department. Yeah. The difference is between... between the races on the fire department, the races on the police force is the races on the fire department see your house burning and they see their house burning, right? They they want to fight the fire because it could be their house, right? The races on the police force don't see themselves in the people that they're that they're dealing yeah. with, right? Yeah. So, so there is no there's no they are absolutely resistant to remove that that sixty percent who might be the wrong people because that sixty percent can't do any other work, right? No one's hiring them to be EMTs. No one's hiring them to do, no one's hiring them to be dog catchers, right? This is where they went because they would get, they would be powerful, yeah. right? They weren't trying to help, right? Even for the worst 60% of the fire department, those are just the dudes, they ain't gonna run into the building, but they'll grab the back of the hose, right? Yeah. They won't run in the burning building, but they'll drive the truck. They'll do something fucking useful that won't be harmful to the people they're trying to help. Right? Yeah, their coworkers, their black coworkers are going to be like, man, that motherfucker McAnally. Let me tell you, right. <laughs> that 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 Dabalina, <laughs> Every time we go on a call, that Dabalina straight jaking it. All that motherfucker will do is open the hydrant, but he won't do shit else. But he at least opened the hydrant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You no, know, didn't run in and be like, y'all said there was a fire here, ain't shit. I don't smell a damn thing. I'm going home. Right. Dabalina ain't running people over who are like, my house is on fire. He ain't running them over in the truck, right? He came to put the fire out because he sees his house in the shit, right? Like, that's why, you know? The 60% have to go, but the union is run by guys who themselves can't be cops. Yo, did you see the FOP, the dude that won the FOP uh, uh, presidency? Like the, the motherfucker they said, is it fit to be a police officer? Right. <laughs> <laughs> What? I mean, this is this is you. This is police union shit, and this is some shit where you're going to have a unified police force who doesn't who bristles at authority, who are currently telling the mayor what to do, who are currently resisting the whole thing now about getting cops out of uh, Chicago public schools. Ah, uh, that's not going to go, and I can tell you that just from just from what I'm listening to. 
that's not going to go because they are telling the mayor, nope, because if you take us out of schools, something bad happens in schools, then what? Who are you going to blame? Because they put out a survey to the principals and they said, hey, principal, do you want cops in school? The principal, yep, sure do. Right. Because the buck's going to stop somewhere. Right. If some right. kid comes in here and lights up this whole fucking plot, whole spot. I was in high school right when metal detectors were becoming a thing, right? Because of the shit that was going on in the schools, it was like the schools, school situations with the violence was getting so wild. They were like, maybe it's time to put metal detectors in the school. And I kind of feel like this is the core of defund the police. Instead of putting metal detectors in the school, where who are we funding to stop the bullshit that requires the metal detectors to maybe go into the school, right? Before we get to that point, Throw some money at those organizations so you don't need to literally have a police station at Sin High School, right? Like, I, my school was a South Side ass school, and I saw wild shit going. I went to high school in the '80s, and it, it went from being like, "Wow, there's just some wild ass kids here," to like, "Whoa, what just happened?" Right? And it's like there are people who, whose jobs it is to be on the street and like intercede before any dumb shit happens, right? But we don't want to fund that. The cops need a tank or a white noise generator or a right. water cannon thing or or you know I don't know they need they need they need airbenders and shit I, whatever like like do they really they don't need that shit you know I no. can't even tell what that is what is happening on my screen right now is that a cop Tesla yeah this chick uh, her, <laughs> her tweet struck me when I seen it right it's like my friend lost her job as a counselor at an inner city Los Angeles public school the kids won't have a counseling program now also here's an LAPD Tesla. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's what we want. And, you know, he's seen the thing about budgets, right? Like the city budgets is like 40% of the city's budget goes to not only CPD, but also the internal fund, which pays for police brutality settlements. Like they know, like, we're yes. all going to fuck up. So we have some money set apart. Meanwhile, Chicago Public Schools is in the hole, right? Like, <laughs> Department of, of Health and Human Services in the hole. Like all the city things are in the hole, have no money. Meanwhile, he's like, like of, oh, we are getting. Think of jobs you've had. Think of jobs you've had where, like, if your company got sued, you could look dead in the face of the employee that keeps costing your job a million dollars in lawsuits, right? Where you can look him right in the face and be like, man, how, what, how? <laughs> how are you still here? What is that? Right, so this is LA, this is the, this is Los Angeles, and this is a bar graph. This is a bar graph, and this blows my absolute mind. But I see it, right? So the thought is with the defund the, the police, abolish the police is, yeah, there's still, you know, 911, awesome shit's happening. That's what they do. But guess what? When you try, you don't call the police for if you actually did a budget and had counselors on staff and you were. You had these services funded. You don't call nine one one nine one one because there's a visual, there's a mentally impaired person yelling in the middle of the street. Right, right. Because the police going to come and shoot that dude. That's what's going on. I have I have called the non emergency number for things. I had the people the non emergency number tell me to call the emergency number. Right. I've right. called non emergency for things that I know wasn't emergency. This is not. I will say I know this is an emergency, but maybe you can send a car to check it out because like if there's a thing. And it needs to be checked out. No, well, if you want somebody to check it out like quickly, you need to call an emergency number. But it's not an emergency, 
Well, if I ride it through, it's not an emergency. It could be hours before anybody gets there. Well, I mean, clearly somebody needs to check it out before like tomorrow morning. But if you, well, if you think it warrants someone looking into it, you need to call the emergency number. So now you're calling 911 for something that you know ain't an emergency. So you got people on the edge when they show up because 911 got dialed. And it's like, man, does nobody even want to like route calls even? Like nobody wants to even hear the problem. Like, right. Really? I got that same feedback. I was I was calling my alderman because uh, we had a car outside that was just like the car alarm was going off, but the owner wasn't around. So I was like, yo, something's got to happen to this car. It's been five and a half hours, right? Like right, right. workday, it's COVID, right? <laughs> like I just can't sit and deal with this. And if right. I got to go in there, get in the car and, 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 and get the hood open and unplug the battery, I'm wrong. Yo, that's exactly. <laughs> I'm yo, an I asshole. Left, yo, I swear <laughs> to God, that is the exact note I left. I left a note was like, yo, I'm not trying to be, you know, threatening or anything, but we got to work something out. If not, next time I'm going to break the window and unplug your battery. I'll right. have to replace the window. Right. right. But I'm just yeah. not going to here. I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw 80 bucks at your problem. Yeah. You're not going to do it again. Right. Right. <laughs> but right. essentially, you're going to run out of patience getting your window fixed. A lot sooner than I'm gonna get tired of just paying you cash after I break. I can guarantee, I can guarantee you, in seven minutes we're done with this problem. Right. <laughs> seven but minutes. The alderman's office said, like, you know, if you if you if you call and you can't get a hold of us, you know, just call nine one one. And I'm like, well, for like, right. With all the other stuff going on, the cops got like, I ain't trying to call nine one one and be that dude, right? Because then one year it get the audio leaks. Well, here's Jeff Smith. Wasting police resources. Right, right yeah, when you're trying to run for alderman, right? Yeah. When, when you, you yeah. might be running for alderman. Right. You're yeah. an asshole. There's a horn. There's a horn. And uh, yeah, I don't give a shit about your uh, shootouts. I need the horn. <laughs> or, or the cops show up just when the owner shows up. And right. They right. altercation. And then some blah, blah, and then right. or, or or it's a nice let's say it's a nice SUV with the with the alarm going off or whatever, and you get one of these guys who's like, no, no, I know how this works. Black guys drive blazers; they don't drive Land Rovers, right? So that dude going up to that car that can't possibly be his car. That's how the dude got all hemmed up and got his ass whipped on Ridge in front of the church because they didn't think the nice car the grad student was driving was his car. They thought it was stolen because some white chick on Howard saw him getting into the car and thought he stole the shit, right? But it was his car. He pulled over. He had his he had his phone in his hand because he was recording the entire situation with the cops when they pulled him over. But he, like in, in in my neighborhood, in the middle of my neighborhood, they tackled this dude and four cops to kicking him in the head, right? And it's like, what, for, why? Because you perceive he can't drive the car he's driving. He wasn't driving a Tesla. It's a fucking Pontiac. It was like a you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what are you doing? You're driving a Dodge Stratus or some shit, you know? So he's totally driving an auntie car. Like what you doing? Auntie car. But that's like a brother who got who got killed in Atlanta yesterday. Like we're calling nine one one on a dude who's drunk and asleep in a drive-thru. Right, right. At Wendy's, yeah, yeah. And and you know, cops show up, swarm him, he grabs a taser, lets one off, and runs away and gets shot. So right. all of this, like, I have no time. One of the things to the point we were talking about earlier about someone's wrong on the internet, like. You know, I gotta get these. I gotta get these words off. I gotta get this. I'm tired. I'm tired of being corrective. I'm tired of right. pointing people at at resources or whatever. I'm tired of not even making excuses because I don't give a shit. If this dude, this dude was outside, right? Like this right. dude. I don't have. I sh I'm not making excuses for anybody who has a record. 
I don't make any excuses for anybody. Because guess what? You don't know their stuff until you dig into their past. Like, there's a dude at the drive-thru. He's asleep and he's drunk. You wake him up. He has no idea what's going on. He freaks out because cops are rats around him. Then we find out, oh, well, well obviously he deserved it because he was an ex-felon. Oh, but did you know at the time? You didn't know that at the time? Then no. And I'm sick the of... Whole point is supposed to be if the dude's breaking the law, you arrest him, and then he gets a day in court. He gets a court date. He shows up for the court date. He pays his fine, and he goes on about his business because he'll probably be sober on his court date, right? Yeah. But he's got to be able to live to get to his court date. He's got to be able right? to live. He's got to yeah. be able to get to his court date. Meanwhile, the, 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 we're the, just tired. We're tired of hearing all the ways in which the murder of black men and black women, right? The murder of brown men and black and brown women. The murder is the victim's fault because your brain can't conceive that the industry is working exactly the way it's intended. You can't conceive of it because one day you might need that industry for yourself and you don't want to see it go away. Right. You can't see it. You just cannot conceive of that. So whatever happened to that dude and all these other people, you're looking for ways in which it has to make sense. Now, it doesn't make sense. It just makes sense because that's what it's supposed to do. Right. That's the way it's supposed to work. So I haven't, said this, for that reason. I haven't said this in a long time, but like I was really feeling Al Sharpton during his eulogy at George Floyd's funeral. And I don't know if you all heard it. No, because generally when that, that that actually kind of bothered me, the whole fucking thing was televised. Like I just feel like I I don't want to I don't want to make, make George Floyd a fucking like that, but you know a, a, a celebrity to the point where now we're televising the man's fucking funeral. Tell, and, I didn't even know they televised it. It's a martyr. Yeah, it's a martyrdom thing. Yeah, it's martyr. Yeah, they totally. I hate oh, that shit. So I heard it on. So I don't. On yeah, NPR I hate, or whatever. I hate, nah. But like the 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 clip of it that I heard on NPR. Al Sharpton was saying basically like, and I don't know, you know, people's religious views or whatever, but he was like, it doesn't matter about George Floyd's past. No. It doesn't matter what George right. Floyd did. And no, he, he's you know, the God God uses some of the most right unexpecting people right. to do his thing, right? And regardless of the life George Floyd was living, it was his life to live. Right. right. So like there's no reason to bring all of this stuff up because it doesn't matter, right? And then there was a powerful moment where uh, they started uh, uh, calling out all the mothers of black men that had been killed that were all in attendance. Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner's mother. Um, you know, th there was too many to freaking list, honestly, which was kind of depressing. But, um, you know, I think that's an important point because people, you know, I don't know, Candace Owens bullshit rant talking about George Floyd's past, like that means anything, right? right. It doesn't matter. What happened right. was wrong. The victim's life is none of anyone's concern. Yeah, I kind of feel like right. in yeah. these cases, one day one of these cops is going to like OD on some of the heroin that he stole that he was trying to sell, but he was also using. So like when that happens to one of these cops, you want to just show up to the funeral and be like, hey, yo, I just want to point out that he used to beat this one dude's ass behind the Piggly Wiggly over there. And then he used to also kick this prostitute's ass over around there. Oh, wait, we can't talk about that now because <laughs> he, he's a family man. Oh, really? Word? Oh, okay. I just, just want to make sure. Yo, you know. the, the, the funniest shit, and this it, it's, it's lowbrow, but I, I, I appreciate Petty because I think 
petty is uh, is fundamental, I think, to the black experience. The after it came out, a number of people, number of uh, police in the NYPD were uh, were uh, getting COVID and, and dying and get on respirators and whatnot. They flashed back to after Eric Garner died, and they 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 were wearing shirts that said "I can breathe." Yeah, they show up to one of their funerals wearing that and like what? Yep, what? yep. I can breathe. What's, yep. what's your man? And like it's the petty I appreciate, right? It's like because all of these forces, all systemic racism, all the overzealous policing, the permissiveness of the media, the the fact that we're watching snuff films over and over and over again. Like, hey, want to see the black guy get killed again? Here it goes again. Here's on a loop. It's autoplay. All this stuff is happening. And we're fighting against it on a constant basis because it's an assault to our humanity repeatedly over and over and over and over again. And you deal with this in ways that some are functional, some are not so, maybe not so great. Um, but you're doing all this with this overarching, like, I have to survive, right? You know, I got kids, I got family, I got things I want to do. You're doing all this to try to, to, to try to make it, try to get to the next day, trying not to rage out, trying not to, look, I'm going to try to help you be a better person, but guess what? I need to chill right now because you're the eighth person to ask me, how can I be a better ally? Like, they're Google, Google that shit because people talk that. Right. Same people to tell you this shit because guess what? There are also people who've written books. There's people who've wrote blog posts. There's people <laughs> with the learned experience of being black in America in the political climate, in the political climate of Reagan, of Bush, of Clinton, of the whole shit. Going back, we can go back to Carter, back to Nixon. We can go back to the sixth. We can go back to Lynn Kennedy and shit. We have all of these things that is learned history that you haven't learned, that you have no idea. But this is the shit, this is our currency. This is what we grew up on because our people told us this. Yeah, I remember being- While we were also going through it. Right, like, you know, my mom can tell me, yeah, I remember segregated, like the same streets I can go, I can go visit and the same streets we can go down. She's like, we couldn't go, I was growing up, we couldn't go down this street. Cause this right. was the whites only spot. Like. This was 50 years ago. So now we're getting to this thing where, remember, 2000 was 20 years ago. I'm now working. There are people who are now getting out of college who weren't born in 2000, right? Like, okay, this is, you know, not to mention 92. Like, I was a teenager then, and now all of a sudden people are like, what, what was it like back then? Like, it wasn't really that long ago. <laughs> back then it was just yesterday. But you feel, but I want to get I, I, the whole my, my whole thing with this is trying to get through every day, knowing that these things are pressing on us, knowing that at any point some cat can run, some cat I can get swatted, some cat decides he doesn't like me, has the right address, and right. the team comes in. Like right. I'm not, I'm I'm this close from being a hash. We all are, and that's wearing and. The whole the, the the issue I have is so many people. When you say when you come, you because we're being we're raw, right? We're being like very really honest. Like I don't like the fact that an agent of the state can come and kill me and get away with it. 
I don't like the fact that some. And, and then when it happens, this is the thing that also that this week where I just completely checked out of the whole thing when it was like, let's just outlaw chokeholds. Yeah, but that dude was sh- like, they're, they're shooting people. Right, right. I think I think you hit on a big part of it too is outlaw catapults. Do it and get away with it, right? Doing it is bad enough. Getting away with it. And I think that's the part that gets missed from people that aren't in the community, right? It's like it's it's not the frustration isn't just isn't just that these things are happening. It's that they're happening with impunity. LA riots didn't start until after the acquittal. Yeah. Right. Right. We they let the justice system play out and it failed. Failed. Right. It failed. And that's the frustration. That's the part that keeps coming up over and over again. It's not even so much of the act, the the energy and the the anger is boiling over because of the impunity in which this stuff continues to happen. Yes, there are a few bad apples, but if the system doesn't hold those bad apples accountable, then what the fuck is the point of the good ones? What's the point of the good ones? Because the whole thing is like. But he says, what, what do you call a, not, a neo-Nazi talking to a table of 10 people? 11 neo-Nazis. Like, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. And to your point, it's impunity. So, like, I've had arguments many a time before I decided to check out with a bunch of white relatives, of friends of mine, or people I used to go to school with or something. Like, you don't hear about the black dude who assaulted this white dude. You don't hear nothing about the white police officer that died because Okay, did the person who did this get caught? Yes. Okay. Um, are they going to be? Are they going to have a trial? Are they? Wait. First of all, they did. Are they dead? Oh, they're they're not dead. Okay. Uh, are they going to have a trial? Yes. Okay. If they're guilty, will they go to jail? Yes. Okay. What's what's your point? Right. What's your point? Cops can do things, and and th- and this is the the, the fiction that. We as a society, and this is we're talking about reform. This is how reform isn't going to work. Reform doesn't work this way, where you have for so long a system where if you do bad shit, as long as you're in this one particular job, if you do bad shit, you get all, you get away, you have no repercussions. No other job does that. Right. No other job has that where you get not even it's literally a free get out of jail pass. Really, it's just like oh, you killed. You killed a dude running away from you, but you're a cop, so ah, never mind. All you have to say is that I feared for my life. I feared for my life, but the dude was running away from me. I feared from. I, I thought he was gonna go run and get a gun or something and come back because that's in his what, grandma's backyard. <laughs> that's the that that is the essential thing, and that's the essential the central the central beef. People who get away and are getting pensions, people still getting their pension. Oh boy, like the dude who shot Mike Brown had, had he got he had in two years he had another job as a police officer in another uh, Missouri suburb and is getting is going for his pension. These two Hi, these Sam. Dudes, you know what's these, our you know these dudes are going to have even if they found it found guilty they're going to get a pension because police union Right. This is the system. The system is shitty. The system is shitty for everybody except cops. So I understand cops about their paper. Like, yo, no, we don't want to. We don't want to reduce our budget. I get that because I've been in many corporate corporate spots where they're like, 
well, we're going to have to cut that department. I'm like, no, not my department. No. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, too, about, like, the budget. Cutting the budget is, like, you don't want to cut the budget. The budget has tanks and jetpacks in it. Fuck you. Like, like you don't need a submarine. Kiss my ass. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, Get out of your car and walk around. It is the only ineffectual government organization that conservatives are all about pouring more money into. All about <laughs> right? yeah. If this was a social program that had the success rate of the police departments, <laughs> right? They'd be like, nah, this thing's Those got old people just can't eat. We can't, nah, those old people just can't eat. Right. That's what it would be. But, but because the, the, the people complaining about what happens in police departments and what police departments do, the conservatives don't want to do shit about that because we're the the hordes coming over the hills that are going to rape their daughters. So like it's it's the those police need to be there because it's also the the ranks the, the ranks are the people who like when we talk about white supremacy and and white nationalism and and these institutions, right? Someone's got to be the foot soldier for that thing, right? That's these people. When the FBI says law enforcement has been absolutely infiltrated by white nationalism, but we're not giving you a list of who, right? right? It's like well, so has the FBI at that point. That's what you know, right? right. Like, what the shit? Come on, man. Like, it, it, it can't be that we have to keep pouring money into this thing because we need this thing. What you actually need is you need the prison system to be the way it is. You need law enforcement to be the way it is. You need the streets to stay the way they are, right? We still don't have planes and ships and shit to bring cocaine over here. So your war on drugs is bullshit, right? Like, we didn't do that thing, right? Like, all these, everything that keeps the system and the cycle going like it's going, it's all broken, right? But the only people who want to keep it like it is are those conservatives who are like, no, 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 it needs more. We got to be tougher. Really? Meanwhile, you got like 0.003% of people getting free pork chops they don't deserve. And we got to shut all of this fucking food all of it. program down. All <laughs> of it. Meals on wheels has got there to go. Are, there are eight welfare queens in the U.S. In the country. The whole system has to come Possibly, possibly only six. Right. Possibly only six. But right. those six are probably black. So let's right. shut it all down. I can guarantee you two of them are black and four of them are white. Like yeah. this is, <laughs> I yeah. bet that's the case, and this is like this, that's the image. It's got to fucking go, right? It's just got to go. We can't have this. The welfare's just bad. Got to, it's just bad. You know, right. then you start looking at actual numbers of things. You're like, oh wait, nah, this doesn't make no damn sense. No, none of this makes any fucking sense. No, no, it doesn't. It's like, and people don't look at numbers. People don't look at and the whole thing of well, white people get shot by. Killed by police too. There's also more of you, right? You know, so you know if we're talking about four hundred, if four hundred black people, four hundred, if four hundred black people and four hundred white people were shot and killed by police, well, black people are thirteen percent of the population. But here's the thing, though, right? This is the thing that pisses me off about that. It's like, okay, so you're signing up for police reform too, right? Right? Nope, absolutely not. (laughs) Right? Like you're right. You're right. (laughs) You should be wrong. It's wrong, right? White people getting killed by police officers is just as wrong. So let's get on this police reform thing. Oh, so it right? It wasn't like he was actually bringing up another to help with. Let's stop the chokeholds. Yeah. All right, fam. We at two hours and ten minutes. So (laughs) we need to let's sail this ship into the 
the dark starry night. Anybody got any last parting shots? <laughs> yeah, I got a parting shot. How the fuck is it? It's June 14th, and assholes already got fireworks going off and shit in the neighborhood. Wow. In yeah. my neighborhood. I, See, I, I want to call 311 right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. But you got to get stuck calling 911. Right. Letting off, shot, letting off shots and everything. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, I, and I know it's the Roman, it's, I can't even see the Roman candles, but I can, oh, I can if I look out. I can totally see it. So I know it's happening in my alley, right? It's in my alley. Wow. I can even guess which houses are doing it, but it's June 14th. What are you yeah. celebrating? Ain't nobody won nothing. According to Como, we run because there's, there's a uh, police reform coming. So we fuck reform, right? Uh, yo, we got a patio now. We got yo, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I will say though, because I was talking to my wife today, and this is the thing that, um, because this 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 post shit is is going to be weird. Um, talking about travel, talking about when do we when do we kick it with people we like? You know what I'm saying? That aren't that's not on a conference. <laughs> Like when does that happen? Like, I don't know. People, it is we are dis we are staying distant. Bring the booze to me, and 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 stay eight feet. The rest of that we can miss. We can just we can zoom call. I can zoom call the rest of the damn year. Like if 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 I wasn't kicking it with you before COVID, you better schedule a zoom call with me. <laughs> And you might have to do it twice because I just like I said the other day yesterday I discovered when I was trying to the other day I was trying to put this 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 podcast on my uh Google Calendar and I had it all wrong and shit. I was like, how the fuck does Google Calendar even work? Like I haven't made an appointment since mid-March. <laughs> I've got to relearn Google Calendar. I don't know how this works at all. No, this ain't right. Like what? Oh, no, man. it's not an all where the, I know you can turn it from not an all-day meeting. How do you not have an all-day meeting? What is that? Oh shit! Now it's going. My, my podcast is going on for three days. No, that's not right. How do you fix that? <laughs> <laughs> shit! I know I used to do this some kind of way. That's really y'all. Uh, wrapping it up. I just want to know because I, you, you guys are always doing good shit. What are y'all reading right now? Comics, like. So, all right. Anything, whatever. Like, what do you? Okay. Well, comics wise, yeah. Because basically, for me, it's it's going to be comics. Um, given that, like, I can't. Novel reading fell off for me, honestly, about four years ago when my uh, commute got even shorter and my brain needs a certain amount of time to engage in a book. So, like, I, I, like novels, I just don't really do so much anymore. I started reading just today, as a matter of fact, uh, The Inkle by Moebius and Jodorowsky. Because it's free on Amazon Prime, on Amazon Prime Books. So I actually was like, well, you know what? Amazon Prime has been telling me I should read this forever. And I've read it before, like way back when. But it's always published in these different formats. I was like, what the hell? I'll put that on the Kindle. So I went ahead and did that. Um, I also, um, I don't read a shit ton manga. And the stuff that I do read, it's kind of like old school. There's a there's a new manga out for a spaceship, space cruiser uh, Space Cruiser Yamato. Oh, um, okay. So there's two volumes of that. And the set, um, I ordered both volumes just for my own personal collection, not even thinking I was ordering it for the shop. 
And somewhere in between volume one and volume two, I decided to build a new manga section for the shop. And I ordered volume two, but not volume one. And volume two came in for the shop. And I was like, oh, now the shop needs volume one, right? <laughs> so uh, hot damn. So that's one. That's another one. Um, I have been just selling a lot of really cool graphic novels of late. Like there's um, somebody, while we were just talking, somebody wanted to order because they were looking at Black-owned comic shops and they found me on Twitter or whatever. They want to get into the old guard because the old guard is going to be a TV show. Right, old guard got greenlit. It's a Greg Rucker book, and I highly recommend it. Uh, they want to read. They want volume two, but volume two is not collected yet. Right, so like uh, I'm gonna reread the old guard because hot damn, I really thought it was cool the first time. And I that's the relatively recent one. I love Rucker, so I'm gonna have to come in the shop and pick that up. Yeah, and you actually did. You made your like like your quarterly pilgrimage to the shop recently. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying, like uh, with the you know. With the COVID thing, I'm like, I, I just got to get out and support more. You know, I usually read digitally because uh, I don't have space for boxes and I yep. hate throwing shit out. Um, but eventually you just run and out I'll, of shelf space. I'll also say this about like, so people supporting black owned businesses and particularly my black owned comic shop is real cool, right? It, it, it has straight up, it, it you can tell it makes a difference, right? You can see the difference in your shop. But I'm going to say, here's the way for any kind of supporting of black owned businesses. And I've, I've talked about this with in other industries the, it, you have to kind of sustain the energy for it because yeah. what ends up happening is people start feeling like they did their part when they did it that one time, right? You have to figure out a schedule for, for doing this thing right. and doing it on a regular basis, because for sure the default in the bulk of compute uh, consumers minds, the default, is not black owned businesses the default is some other level of like convenience or distance or decor or like meat not vegan i don't know you know there's a default that everyone has in their minds that will 95 percent of the time not fall on a black owned business so if you think it's important to support a black owned business you're gonna have to like straight get at that, at that business on a more regular basis than once every six months if you really want to make an impact because that business is competing against factors that they ain't got the funds to like fight against yet. Right. right? You know what I mean? Like it's going to take some time for them to be able to really compete on that level. And a lot of the product is just as good, if not better. So if, if this is the thing that you really believe in, like if you, in my case, let's say, if you really are like, you know, I want to be at supporting black owned comic shop in Chicago, I'm going to order from third coast comics. It might be, that you might need to get back into collecting graphic novels the way you did back in the day. Figure out what your budget is for it, though, because it can't be 10 bucks every six months and then you support it, because that is just, that's one walk-up customer. You haven't replaced anything or added anything. You supported that day, which will be felt because you supported that day. But the thing that Black-owned businesses need is sustained support, right? Ongoing support which means we all got to change our habits of where what we're doing, who we're doing it with and when and where, you know? You know, it's funny that you say that because that's exactly what I was feeling, you know, uh, like I said, I usually buy digitally. And just like you said, it's because of convenience, right? But, uh, you know, with the pandemic and thinking about the things that we could lose. And right? you were cool buying digitally until Amazon fucked up the whole thing with Comixology and wasn't giving me my paper, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was trying to buy digitally <laughs> for you too. Yeah. You really were, but I really, I remember. Uh, but that's why I was like, you know, I need to get a pull box with you, right? Like, so I'm going to get my subscription just to kind of force me back into the shop. And, you know, once you're there, you know, I'm always picking up other shit. Yeah. Um, 
In fact, I just finished Mr. Miracle. Good recommendation. I enjoyed told you. it. I told you. I didn't know what I was getting into at first, so I was a little confused. But then when I got the vibe, I was like, okay, this shit is fun as hell. Um, and uh, I just started Event Leviathan, which, yo. I told you. Like, <laughs> so, the, so the problem, so right, like the problem always. I don't look on books I recommend to people. So the problem with Superman is always how do we just not have this dude come up and fuck everything up, right? So like this whole angle of like Clark Kent getting kidnapped and then Clark Kent and Superman being like, you know what? I'm going to just see where this thing goes, right? Like <laughs> I can get out of it whenever. So let's just see where this thing goes. Yep. You know, people want to see that And then they're like, here, wear this kryptonite suit. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Clark was like, oh, damn. Well, so good thing Batman's a friend of mine. <laughs> Hope Dear Batman, real quick. Um, the last yeah, I place I felt that. comfortable was at Chili's on Main Street. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, I just started reading that. Um, and uh, like I said, finished Mr. Miracle. I got a bunch of other books from you that I'm I'm gonna go to. Paper book, Paper Girls. Um, waiting to pick that up. I read volume one a while ago digitally and uh, picked up volume two and three. And then like novel reading, I'm not really reading much of any. I just started this book, Color of Law, um, which is like a, a a book about just like, you know, how the legal system basically fucks black America. Sure. Um, so I'll probably be reading that for like 12 months. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. Not having a commute fucks that up too. I'm in the same boat, right? Like that, I did 90% of my reading on my commute. On the train, train. on the train, right. yep. And now that that don't exist, like, you know, when I've got a few minutes, I'm not about to get deep into legal law. I just need to see that. For me, it was a weird that. thing. When my, when, my, when my train commute was like Evanston to Granville, I was reading all the time on my Kindle app, right? Right. Shorten that, when that trip shortened by like one stop, it, it cut 10 minutes off the commute. One stop was 10 damn minutes, right? And suddenly, I'm, I, I get on the train. I look up. It's time to get off the train. I have, I, I, I can't read. I, I can't right. get into a book yet, right? It just can't be. A, I can't do it. So, all right, then I got to figure something else. I need people to take Alistair Reynolds' books and make TV shows out of them now. <laughs> I've become that guy. Because Alistair Reynolds is my favorite fucking like, sci-fi writer. And he writes hard sci-fi. And he's written like five or six books in like the last like 10 years or whatever. And I know they're all good because I love this dude's work. And I need him to write a graphic novel or something so I can get back into his shit. Because when it, now there's just so much competition for my eyeballs. You right. know? Right. I, yeah. All right, Troy, send us out. What's what you what you reading? Uh, I mean, I'm just rereading uh Walter Mosley. Um Walter Mosley's shit is just it's always it's always great, it's always well done. Uh, except his uh, his attempts at sci-fi are hand fisted. But he has a couple of re recurring characters, which are great. Any of the Easy Rollins books are great. Um, the le he's now working on a series of books um, surrounding uh, a PI in New York um, who has like, who's married, has some kids. Um, he knows a lot of people. He's in the game. He's kind of a fixer, kind of making things happen for other people. He's regretting it now, so he's trying to go back and try to correct some of the things. Um, I'm just rereading those things. And in the meantime, like I'm trying to write, uh, I'm trying to create, I'm just trying to live in a headspace where I'm putting stuff down on paper or I'm typing or something. 
just when I am not doing like the work work, the nine to five work, um, because I can't do a boat. I can't do, you know, I, I used to bring my sketchbook to, with me at work just so I can like, oh, I want to draw some, but I can't switch. I can't switch, switch tracks that quickly. But just the fact that like this whole thing has been great in terms of, hey, I'm going to do a thing real quick. I'm going to do some work. And I can tell my people, hey, I'll be right back. And I can go give me a drink of water, get the sketchbook, come, come some, do some stuff. Um, all the books I'm reading are just like I'm reading old PDFs or like Imagine FX, like illustration books and like, you know, the collective works of uh, random people. Um, been throwing a lot of money at artists uh, because, you know, obviously they've been going through it and the normal uh, way of them getting money is, you know, people have nine to fives and create otherwise. Now they may not have a nine to five or that part-time job isn't going to be there or, you know, Uber's only going to do so much because nobody's going anywhere. So you're not Ubering much. Right. You know? right. So, um, I've been throwing money at that, you know, but throwing money at that, throwing money at like like bail relief funds, like you know, to those who are given, those much was given, much was expected. So I've been throwing some money at that, um, but it, it's just mainly creating. It just I'm just trying to create, just trying to make something, you know, because you know, and this is a really shitty way to end up, but I may be a hashtag, but hey, I sent some people letters, you know, I sent, I drew some shit, I put some shit on Instagram. I have a little website or whatever. Um, people have work that I did, you know, and to be able to put my work in other people's hands with or without money, with or without a, a claim is still like a, that's a, a motivating force for me. So trying to do something that I can put in other people's hands is, is, is kind of a motivation. Um, but like I say, there's, oh, there's so much competition for your eyeballs now. Um, can't say I'm, I'm doing a whole ton of the reading thing. You know, I got reading glasses now, because you know what I'm saying? So um, we're just trying to do, trying what we can do. And, you know, to be able to sit with your people, uh, sit and chill with your people, uh, highlight them, you know, Zoom call, phone call, whatever, is just, that's just the, that, that's what I'm putting my energy into. It's just connecting with people, um, connecting with people that I like, connect with the people that um, I got something in common with, who, you know, maybe want to be creative, maybe wanting to get some stuff out, maybe wanting to do things that I'm like, yeah, okay, we, you know, we can work together or, uh, but check this link real quick. So that's that's where my energy's going. Um, so in terms of reading stuff, not not really reading, not really doing that. Uh, but like I said, I'm trying to create and that's, that's, that's what I'm going with. It's all good, man. Sounds good. All right, that's a good spot. Should we, should we set a commit date? Should we say we're going to be back in two weeks? Well, the, the time was that like an hour and a half before it started, I made the announcement on the page. Like, yeah, yeah we're going live in an hour and a half. So we're, we're going to do better. We're going to do better. Right. But I don't, I don't, you know. This I like two day. weeks. Let's do it. Two weeks. Done, Troy. Deal with it. Oh, shit. I can't do two. Oh, yeah, the 28th. <laughs> No. <laughs> it's like I can't do. Can you read the calendar now? Like, can you read the calendar? Oh, let me check the calendar. I, I, I just got to make sure you know before we talk all that shit. Right, 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 yeah, right. But that, that's the twenty eighth. I'm good. Let's do it. Two weeks. We're gonna be back live. Okay. All right. So yeah. we're we gonna talk some shit on. We're gonna put some shit up on the on the page and yeah. all that. And the page of stakes is high. The 
Black Nerd, Black Nerd Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been this has been well two hours of, of goodness and content for y'all. Um, I am Troy Hunter at Tall Black Guy on, on internets, all over the internet and things. Uh, doing my thing thing. I am Terry Gant, also known as Doc Midnight on Twitter and Dread October. Well, mostly in my head because I never really got the Dread October shit off the ground, but I like the name. So. <laughs> I ain't never heard that shit. So I was like, you ain't really not too hard. You know, we're doing it. Support uh, your black owned comic shop, support black pro wrestling. And I'm Jeff Smith at Dark and Dirty on Twitter. Uh, I ain't got shit you can buy yet. <laughs> yeah, because I heard the book coming out though. The book is hot though. Motherfuckers sell you a couch if you give them a minute. <laughs> yeah, the book, if you're in the DevOps, the book is going to be dope. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit on it until it's actually finished bait. Mainly because I want the fucking full royalties, not that PDF shit that I'm selling now. Facts. Word. Facts. So, promos will come in a couple weeks. All right. All right. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for listening. We'll be checking Later. out. Peace. 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 Stop the recording. Hit save.